2: Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20%
5: off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed.
3: the center of the galaxy. This is the Force Center podcast feed, and this particular episode of the Force Center podcast feed is the Kenobi Report. I am so excited to say hello there. I'm Joseph Grimshaw.
6: I'm Ken kind of, Sock. With the Clone Wars Report, I always do a music cue or a sound cue, and I, oh, I instinctively almost went to one, Joseph, so uh, I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> Let's keep that in the Clone Wars Report, because I don't want to... Uh, Sully. uh, A great episode discussion
3: we're about to have here. I don't know. Can you do plaintive, bittersweet strings with your mouth?
6: (laughs) Maybe. Or... Uh, it's unfortunate. I understand why a lot of these big companies no longer allow you to take uh, like screenshots, uh, Disney Plus, HBO Max, uh, you know, it's hard to make thumbnails. Uh, you know, life is tough. I get it. Uh, I, I'd freeze frame on one, even have it up right now. Disney Plus, it is uh, it is uh, two of the main characters that we're about to discuss with lightsabers. Uh, spoilers uh, to come. But the uh, subtitle is both grunting. Like this is a scrimshaw special. Like This would be a great scrimshaw screen grab.
3: I took a bunch of screenshots knowing that they would turn out black, uh, but they would just have the text. So I took a bunch of uh, screenshots that say, like, Darth Vader uh, continues heavy breathing. <laughs> yeah. Obi-Wan but, uh, panting. Yes. Uh, yes, there's a, yes. There's a lot of great ones. A lot of great ones. Uh, failed beeping. I think that was my favorite. Ooh, failed a- beeping. That's a pop punk band at a mosh concert. (laughs) It really is. We are very excited to be here uh, in episode two of the Kenobi Report, reporting on part three of the Kenobi show. Though The the release of the first two episodes in one has confused our numbering system, but it is fine. (laughs) We are happy to roll with it. Uh, Part three is, of course, directed by Deborah Chow, as the entire series is. And the writing credits on this are are a little bit simpler. Uh, Written by Joby Harold and Hannah Freenbin with an ampersand, meaning they work together. And then an actual word and, meaning there was a different draft, Hossein Amini. And the word, meaning there was a different draft, Stuart Beattie. Now, this isn't broken up by story by, teleplay by. It is just written by, which suggests to me that uh, some of the content, uh, both the story and maybe even bits and pieces of dialogue scenes that we got in this episode... Uh, were in existence in various drafts from the beginning. What do you think about the ampersands and the ands?
6: It's I I love a WGA ar- arbitration rules. I love I love tra- tracking the business of it all. It's pretty fascinating and but pretty uh, impressive that it uh, is as cohesive. Uh, as it is and that that i look again to the producers the executive producers the actors and of course deborah chow we said last time out all roads lead to deborah chow and i really look at that because you got to take a lot of different ideas that might be in in line or certainly but take a lot of different um thoughts ideas and voices and and make one cohesive story so i love uh love tracking it I love tra- it's also re- like a parchment of the history of this project from tel- film to movie to different writers all that kind of stuff
3: Yeah, and it also just speaks to me, these writing credits could just be the absolute uh, great reps of all these people Mm -hmm. involved. Uh, (laughs) Mm -hmm. But the fact that this one is written by and then lists all the characters and doesn't break it up by teleplay and story, um, to me that really suggests that the beating heart of this idea of what Obi-Wan is going through has been present for a long time. And yeah. this uh, wonderful, masterful job by Deborah Chow pulling it all together has been, how are we going to tell that story? We, we all, mm-hmm. all kind of know what the heartbeat is. How are we going to flesh it out? Uh, and uh, very excited to get into it. Uh, as often happens uh, with all of pop culture, sometimes a little controversy pops in to uh, disrupt our joy. And we did want to uh, address that before we move on into the joy and the excitement of this episode uh, it played out on social media yesterday that, um, and I'm sure in previous days, mm-hmm. that the actor portraying uh, the third sister, Reva, Moses Ingram, uh, was receiving uh, some just blatantly uh, racist DMs uh, for uh, portraying this wonderful character of Reva, uh, the Star Wars account itself, pushback on it. Uh, Ewan McGregor recorded a video uh, as the, the lead of the show and one of the executive producers. Uh, I'm paraphrasing saying where Ewan McGregor said, if you are sending racist comments in my mind, you're no Star Wars fan. So a forceful pushback from Star Wars from Lucasfilm uh, from the star Ewan McGregor. And we wanted to take a moment to address that. Uh, Ken, what are your thoughts?
6: I, I think it's a, uh, it's, it's very important to see that from the big names. Uh, Rupert Friend also tweeted something out today. Uh, Camille Nanjiani uh, did as well. Uh, and, and I'm sure I'm missing others from the caster crew who did as well. Uh, I apologize. I think it's important to see the, the um, official sites take this kind of direct stand and some might argue, well, they didn't do that in the past. And I think Joseph, you and I, uh, would number one, acknowledge that, and two, say, hey, mm-hmm. there is something for, for growth. And yes, there's uh, uh, sometimes conversations to be had behind that, but here's where we are now, and here's what they are doing now. And we think that was uh, tremendously important, uh, the first part of this discussion, you know?
3: Yeah, and I don't want to belittle it anyway. I, I do mm-hmm. wish that uh, this kind of just stepping up and saying, absolutely, no, we're drawing a line in the sand, would have happened with John Bayega with Kelly Marie Tran, uh, with many other instances um, mm-hmm. but I think, you know, I, I do look to star Wars. It's one of the reasons we love it is that the ideas in it are valuable. And this very show is about how people have made mistakes in the past and they do need to think about them, uh, take responsibility for them, but all in the process of moving forward. And I feel like, um, yes, I wish that they had been more forceful, in, in these statements in the past. Uh, but I want to allow people and large organizations the ability to change and do better. And I'm glad that they're doing better now.
6: Yeah. And it's, it's a tough dance at times of, of how, how much do you ignore it? And I, I even saw, you know, Moses, Moses Ingram put those great uh, messages that one, uh, great. It's unfortunate she had to do it, but on her Instagram page of, so there's a part of me saying, just take it, just bear this load, work through it. Uh, I'm paraphrasing a little bit there. And I, I can totally, uh, you know, uh, try to understand her position there and how that she would feel that and and not want to decide, Hey, no, but enough's enough. I'm not going to do that. I understand some of these companies saying that I am even often in that point of don't, don't acknowledge your enemies. Uh, I don't quote tweet, uh, accounts, you know, because part of the thing is some of the big negative uh, Twitter accounts out there, I only see when people quote they quote tweet them. I would have mm-hmm. never seen them otherwise. And so, I think sometimes in an effort to strike down your enemy, you might be amplifying them more. But I wouldn't even wag a finger at anyone there. I get it. We're we're all trying to process this. Uh, and 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 for me, one of the big things is otherwise. Uh, you know, you know, you uh, know. It, it's uh, I just want to say that you know we we here at Force Center obviously don't stand for that. Um, but I, I'm really proud of our community, Joseph, uh, our, our listeners, and the people we just met at Star Wars Celebration. The people in our Discord daily. Um, for us, and this community has not been uh, a problem. I was going to say too much of a problem, but that would even make it seem like there was one. We have not <laughs> had an incident in our Discord. A couple, a couple conversations, nuance, try, you know, comes in, and, and maybe might uh, a wording here or there might be not not be the best. But we are very blessed to have the a great community around it. But we also don't want to lean back and say, "Hey, we're good here." Um, that's not the right attitude to have here. Our house is good. You go work on your own. We're part of a, of a bigger uh, Star Wars ecosystem. So we want to make sure that we say, uh, we absolutely stand behind Moses Ingram here and reject uh, any uh, um, any racism uh, towards her or anyone in Star Wars. Uh, homophobia, uh, uh, you know, transphobia, uh, uh, misogyny, all a lot of bad things out there. We don't stand for any of it, but we want to be clear about any new ears that are coming into the
3: show. Yeah. Star Wars is about inclusion. Star Wars is about everyone has value. Star Wars is about everyone matters. Star Wars is uh, not about uh, leading with hate. Uh, even if you uh, don't like any actor's performance, this is what we talk about all the time. Don't lead with hate. It, it, it's fine to have an opinion about a performance of anyone. It's fine to have a, an opinion about any frame of film, uh, but you can't, you know, conflate a, an opinion with lashing out and hate. And, Uh, when, when these, these kind of racist attacks are coming, we know from the past that maybe there are some, some Star Wars fans out there who are being racist. It's also, uh, we know that, uh, people who have ill intent are aware that pop culture is a way to create a wedge issue. And so it is very possible that some of these messages are not coming from anybody who has watched Star Wars, has an opinion about Star Wars, has ever bought an action figure in their lives, but they just want to use this mm-hmm. high profile person succeeding and thriving, uh, to lash out in hatred. And I think that's why it needs, uh, to be called out. Um, I don't want to be quote t- tweeting or resharing any one specific comment. It, I think you said it so well there, you have to choose when it is good to just say, Hey, those people are going to say what they're going to say, move on, don't amplify them. Uh, versus what I think is happening here is an acknowledgement that, these comments are once again coming in. We're not looking at individual comments. We're saying mm-hmm. the whole wave of them needs to be acknowledged. So people who don't experience it are aware that it's true, it's happening, and it's not right.
6: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It's a big money business, right? To 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 uh, sit there and make your thumbnails, and and Moses Ingram even shared one of them. You know, you know, it's a big money business, and so that's going to be what it's going to be. I, I like to focus as as much as we can, and, and you're right to stand up against that, or at least acknowledge it. That's happening. Um, but to, to, I'll just, by, by, by Friday afternoon, I'd already had some conversations with some friends, great people, great meaning people who had pulled me aside and, and they have their own channels and brands and going, okay, okay, okay. But did, did you really like her acting? And I just want, cause we get this a lot, Joseph, and and, and it's going to happen again and it's going to happen again. And it's happened again of, Hey, just because I don't like Riva doesn't mean blank, just because I don't like Rose Tico doesn't mean blank. And 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 you're right. I'll say this. You're right. But how you choose your words to express that, I think, is what we always are uh, banging on here at Force Center. Uh, Joseph just said actually how you don't lead with hate. So you may have that legit good faith criticism not even a bad faith one a good faith criticism as my f- friends did when they uh, accosted me in a hotel lobby at a celebration but <laughs> well, be careful how you phrase it because you might just prop the back door open to racism to come into the discourse and whether or not your intentions were to do that or not i don't think any of the, the folks i was talking to would say that or agree with that but i think it's you have to be extra careful we focus on a lot of different parts of the discussion themes why of it all we're going to get into that today but so to anyone listening who might have that uh, oh, but 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 i get you i get your butt i understand it all we're saying is choose how you express that very carefully because you don't want to allow room for these agents of evil to come into the conversation which is what i think happens a little bit um but yeah anyways, i think overall
3: the, yeah mm-hmm. i think i think uh good intention people sometimes accidentally give cover to the the uh excuse uh, that racist people are hiding behind you know and, and I think that's extra yeah. dangerous when when it's it's unclear whether some of the people com- complaining are you know actually fans you know right. or, or ever intended to even give this show or, or that character a chance and uh tragically
6: I, predictable huh
3: tragically yeah. predictable yeah yeah it is it is and you know I think the more that uh we show that it's not gonna work you know that uh, it, it's not going to change anything. We are marching toward uh more inclusion. We are celebrating more inclusion. And uh, for me, I guess the final thing that I would say on it is, uh, I absolutely am enjoying the character of Reva. I think the character is fascinating. I am absolutely enjoying Moses Ingram's performance as the character. I am not saying anything because I think, ooh, I need to. It is. True. I think that uh, the the dynamics <laughs> that <laughs> Moses Ingram is playing with from the uh, just simmering fury that she quietly contains to the really quietly looking around for her opportunity... To the just outbursts of I need and I want these things and mm-hmm. I can't play it cool I can't be <laughs> mm-hmm. a confident monologuing slow villain like Grand Inquisitor I explode mm-hmm. that is uh it, it's a great performance to me and I yeah that's yeah it. <laughs> yeah my
6: final final statement to those who are actively fighting this era of inclusion um, uh, you've already lost it's here and it ain't changing so hey we have victory here and. Uh, you can go on and discuss a wonderful episode.
3: Yeah. And as always, everybody is welcome to their opinion. Somebody could tell me that they don't think Ewan McGregor is a good actor, and I would recognize that's her opinion while also being boggled out of my mind. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes. yes. Uh, all right. Let's get into this. Any, any other uh, final thoughts? Are you ready to plunge no. in?
6: No, let's dive in. Man, this is fun.
3: Okay, so we always like to set the scene. Uh, When these episodes premiered, we were at Star Wars Celebration. Uh, We were together in your hotel room. Uh, But now we're back to our regular routine of waiting until midnight uh, on Tuesday into Wednesday. Did you watch it midnight? Did you do any special prep? Uh, How did it go for you? I watched it 12.02 for those
6: keeping score at home. Uh, Yeah, no, I did wait up. Uh, 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 It was... uh, you know, we're coming out of the convention, and I, I, I don't mean to address more real-world stuff, but it's obviously there's been a lot of uh, COVID positive tests and everything. Uh, I, I, I am sitting here in a very negative spot, thankfully, and feeling good and, and two, <laughs> two good negative tests, but I didn't know as of last night. So I was, I was uh, sequestering myself in, in, in the front of the house and, and let Grace uh, uh, live her life uh, without my uh, face mask uh, uh, presence around. So I was by myself just kind of waiting waiting and then 12 then i got 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 distracted by instagram and then was like 1202 and uh it, it had the same energy it was really i posted in discord i'm so excited to watch this third part
3: Yeah, I just I I felt the anticipation. I just couldn't wait. It was, you know, I was getting myself distracted by other things. And then it was 1130. And it was just like, I I can't do anything but but take pictures of my action figures and wait. Uh, I got out uh, a new Kenobi figure that I purchased at uh, Celebration. I got that weird uh, battle damaged Anakin (laughs) from Revenge of the Sith era, which comes with a a, an Anakin, you know, with the lightsaber and a hood. And then it comes with a uh, crispy Anakin with blue eyeshadow. Uh, mm. <laughs> if mm. you're not, if you've never seen it, uh, Google Revenge of the Sith Anakin battle-damaged action figure. It is a trip. So I got those friends out. Uh, I normally get a little whiskey uh, for mm. these shows because Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett, those feel like whiskey shows. I don't know why. Obi-Wan Kenobi feels like a gin show. So I had a little <laughs> sip of gin. And I was just waiting, waiting, and then I saw somebody tweet at like eleven fifty six. It's up,
1: <laughs> uh, oh, <there> <laughs>
3: and, and uh, I I used force speed. And I was watching mm-hmm. before midnight because I put it up seconds <laughs> before midnight. And Ken, I haven't ever done this uh with one of these Disney Plus shows. Um, I I rewatched one episode of Mandalorian because it was one of the shorter ones, and I just wanted to see it mm-hmm. again. Uh. This I was like a, a kid in a in a candy store. We're just like, I can't wait until tomorrow morning. After I finished watching it, I wrote down some thoughts on my phone like I always do. And then I just went back and I I rewatched it from like the moment Obi Wan ignites his blade. It's like I just I I gotta see it again. Like I've been waiting for that for decades. I can't I'm not gonna wait until morning to watch it again. I have the power.
6: That's so funny. I I did something kind of similar. Usually it is kind of all right, that was great. Credits rolling, I gotta go to bed. Um, I watched uh, I watched the last, the last five minutes. That's funny. Yeah, it had that kind of
3: feeling. It's great. Yeah, It just had the, why wait? Why torture myself like that? Why wait? Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, got up and watched it again this morning. Uh, yeah. So let's talk about our overall reaction to this episode. You love it, like it, struggle with it somewhere in between. Where did it land for you? Second
6: viewing was a big, giant love. Uh, and uh, the reason I say second viewing... The first viewing was a surreal experience. So that includes a lot of different kind of emotions. I just couldn't believe I was seeing Vader and Kenobi again. Even when it was just like, oh, that's Vader and he's having another business meeting. We're going to talk about that. I was like, whether or not they thought they were going to meet in this episode. I was like, wow, I'm actually seeing that. And so I ran through a lot of emotions on how I envisioned it for years. I've envisioned this in the show for years. I have then envisioned what this could possibly be or not be for, throughout for decades right for decades yeah do they meet have they met what if they were what if what if they don't all those kind of things so that was in my head and then you know there's some things of does it look good enough to me and you know is would this work better on the big screen i had some of those questions on the first viewing um but it all funnels back to this idea of it was just surreal as a lifelong fam yeah, to to take this in and, and, and realize it was happening so i think i needed to process some stuff and then the second viewing this morning over a nice english muffin and coffee was just so moved by so much in uh, their confrontation, the, this part one of uh, of uh, Thread to be determined, and uh, just stuff with Leia and, and um, Obi-Wan. Tension was great throughout. Uh, just some declarative themes, declarative themes, not decorative, declarative <laughs> themes, statements for these characters uh, and building blocks for Leia. And uh, it's just been these days is a big theme throughout. So we're going to get to all that, but that's what I pulled out of it, especially on the second viewing.
3: Yeah, no, I, I love that you shared this battle because I think it is a natural one, particularly since we we talk about Star Wars and we hear people's uh, opinions all the time that battle to on the first viewing, just uh receive it, 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 it you know, welcome it into your pores <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. and
3: let it pass through you as a Star Wars fan. And as nothing but a Star Wars fan. That's what I always want to do is just let it wash over me, particularly when it's something like this, something like huge, like something that mm-hmm. to me feels like episode 3.5. Of the Skywalker yeah. saga, um, and and not be weighed down by the ooh, what are people going to think of that scene? Is Vader too short? You know, like all those, you know, right, kind right. of getting ahead of where the debate is going to be kind of thing. And this was one of those nights where I successfully just said, like, no, this is this is uh, for me, <laughs> yeah, uh, this is beautiful Obi Wan Kenobi moments, this is beautiful Leia moments, this is conversations that I've you know uh, fantasized about for decades this is you know vader on a throne in his lava castle saying kenobi is the only thing that matters this mm, is mm. you know so I, I was able to really open myself up to it and, and turn off some of those uh critical debates that will come come later mm-hmm. and and as a result i just i absolutely loved it this might be one of my favorite individual chapters of a star wars story mm-hmm. uh maybe next week's episode we'll bump it But I think there's something about it that is just – it was a collection of, like, the top-tier Star Wars things that I am the biggest fan of, Mm -hmm. Um, uh, that I am – that are the biggest in my fandom. (laughs) Not that I am a bigger fan than anyone else. Um, I think the fact that it is the – so the epitome of light versus dark in this episode and we're going to see a lot of that in Kenobi but there's a lot of moments of of selflessness and of of helping others and ideas about helping others with Obi-Wan and Leia there's so much about uh, being selfish and fighting for dominance and only wanting vengeance that's coming from Vader's Reva the Inquisitors Mm -hmm. and even just in the way the episode was structured the absolute um Uh, 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 polar opposites that it goes to from the quiet, tender moments Mm -hmm. of Leia and Obi-Wan coming together and kind of healing a little bit to the entire end of the spectrum of the vicious, angry, awful moments of pure vengeance. It was like, uh, this episode was like a a tender indie film about family, but also (laughs) a Michael Myers Halloween, like horror movie in space. And then, in between, a weird comedy alien played by Zach Braff. (laughs) That is Star Wars to me. You combined a tender indie film about family, a horror movie, and a weird alien possibly played by Zach Braff. That's Star Wars. (laughs)
6: <laughs> yes, indeed, Zach Right? Yeah, L- Little Miss Leia sh- sunshine is uh, part, parts of it <laughs> at the beginning. And I got to tell you, you know, jumping ahead and I uh, don't want to get into themes, but I think the Leia Obi-Wan stuff was actually my favorite of this episode, which is saying a lot. And that might be sacrilegious to someone like you, who's been waiting for that Kenobi uh, meaty Vader stuff there, Joseph. I know. I loved all that. But you know, I-, I went back this morning and was like, those scenes, I want to live in those scenes a little bit. They were so great. And mm-hmm. uh, you're right, light and dark, even in the episode. Not at
3: all. I mean, there's so many great, great episodes, but that that conversation once they're alone on on Frex uh, mm-hmm. uh, Speeder Tram uh, Mining Truck. That conversation about lost family and what it is to find new family. Uh, that we'll talk about it plenty. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like. That is, like, the heart of, like, what what we're fighting for, what the light side is fighting for, of, like, we've, we've all experienced this pain and this doubt, and we're, we're fighting towards healing and light and coming together versus Vader just being like, uh, nope, vengeance, period. Mm. Uh, th- they work beautifully together. Uh, final thing I'll say in the big picture is I also just love that um, it was a pretty direct cliffhanger. Like, it, we talk about this a lot, that Star Wars is inspired mm. by those old serials, uh, that had sort of great over-the-top cliffhangers you know even sometimes with voiceovers of will flash gordon make it out of the you know the yeah, lava yeah. tube you know um it, it's it's not as over the top as that of an actual voice saying will Riva get leia but the fact that it just cuts on leia running yeah. <laughs> that's straight up cliffhanger right <laughs> that's like Sorry, folks, you could, you know, you could hear a, a billion fans crying out next week now, you know.
6: <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned that. It was a big shoe drop kind of ending, a cliffhanger indeed, or a tunnel hanger, if you will. And I think this is one of those one beats that I benefited from the second viewing uh, because the first time I th- it wasn't even that I, again, I love it. And it's totally a sort of adventure. I think it was so abrupt and there wasn't like a a final, it wasn't like over Reva's shoulder watching Leia run, right? It was just literally like this. Journey started playing and the Sopranos is done. Like it was like just, an <laughs> and I was like, huh, 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 huh. And, and, and that's okay. I think that's a good feeling to have for an episode to end and you to be like, I need to, need to binge it. Maybe that, maybe they should go to the binge model. Think pieces are going to come, you know, like I, I, and I had to tell myself, it's okay to want more. It's okay to be like, huh? That was it. I think that's fine.
3: Yeah, I like the different visual language. The end of the first episode, we got a little bit of that. Uh, it almost looked like an ending of an episode of the Clone Wars with Obi Wan yeah. walking toward the ship. The actual cut is still pretty sharp. Uh, yeah. But the second episode, we get that sharp visceral cut of Anakin's eyes popping mm-hmm. open or Vader's eyes popping open. And this one, again, it's it's on the movement and this is that sharp visceral cut on the movement of Leia. Leia's like, "Oh no, I'm out of here!" And Reva just takes that one step and bam! It, it's I like uh, mm. a different visual language.
6: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It benefits there. And, and final thought for me on this overall uh, stuff, just with, with Vader and Kenobi and how they meet and how it looks and how it feels, I, I have to accept that just some people aren't going to love this. And those are the, what I would call the good faith people, right? Not the ones mm-hmm. who are crossing their arms going, Disney did it again, they're wrong. There's those, I don't want to engage with those. But the people are like, hey, this uh, might not work for me or it might not, not well, like the way it looked. And this is where it's sitting with me now. I, I just have to make sure yeah, I really understand that, and understand uh, that that might be that. Uh, I, I at, when the episode ended, I went, I loved it. I know some people were going to hate it, and and such is life. Such is life. Yeah,
3: it's it's always you know the difficulty of doing a something as, as big as this, right? That people mm-hmm. have had headcanon about, right, or, yeah. or or a desire to see a specific way with characters as big as Obi Wan, uh, Vader, and Leia, and I think that to me is the spirit of why not the spirit of a, a lack of fear certainly respect but not fear that it sounds like everybody in the star wars uh, uh community of of creators decided like let's not let's not have that fear we know it'll be hard for some people it might not work for everybody but we can't let that hold us back um and i think that's why this exists
6: yeah yeah and, and look what it ooh, ooh. It's happened, and what you do from there is is up to your choice. Uh, is up to you. Is your choice, and and uh, no no bad choice. And if you've come to it in a, in a good, honest way,
3: yeah, absolutely. So with that, should we get into the big ideas, the themes, what ideas are at stake in this episode?
6: Well, let me scroll to page seven of my notes already. Yes,
3: let's do it. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. Um, so I'll I'll start with this, Ken, and mm-hmm. then we can go uh, play tennis, play space tennis. Um, <laughs> themes like. <laughs> I feel like there's definitely continuing themes of the, of the big picture ideas of this show, of uh, childhood trauma, of the cycle of violence, of uh, Obi-Wan struggling to forgive himself and take uh, Bale's advice uh, to move forward. But I thought throughout this episode, there was a real emphasis on what is it going to take uh, to restore hope and connection for lots of characters, but specifically for Obi-Wan of what is it going to take to restore? Um, so that was my big picture. And then I broke it down in a couple of different ways, but I wanted to start with the big picture. Uh, where do you go for that?
6: For With your big picture of mine,
3: uh, so, both take it wherever you want to go.
6: <laughs> uh, no, I absolutely love what you're talking about there. Uh, there is some continuation. This whole theme of Tala saying, "You know, actions speak louder than words." It's one of those like, you know, neon sign flashes. Theme, 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 <laughs> and and some you have to dig a little bit. And and uh, I love I love when both emerge. I love the ones that are just like, we're going to say when Bale says. Move on, <laughs> move on, uh, grow. So there's a lot about that, and, and that continuing theme. And I, and I think those are obstacles. To, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of obstacles out there to what you're talking about. Of how do you get back to connection? How do you get back home? he like, wants to get home. It's so heartbroken, uh, uh, heartbreaking. Um, Kenobi, you talked about the, the the beat of of hope on episode two, which might be a false hope that we discover, but he's running on that and wants to get back to a different space. So I love I love that, and I'll go to that. And, you know, uh, you know, I, in terms of your actions speak louder than words, the Empire is supposed to be helping. Leia points it out, but they're mm. not. Nice guy, frack, hey, he, have you heard the shins? You should hear the shins. Go. you want to ride? Get in here. He's not helping. Uh, then you have an Imperial officer helping. A load lifter droid can't speak, only uses the actions and is very key. And then even, uh, you know, uh, Riva at the end with Leia, just, hey, come here, come forward, trust me. I'm just a voice in the hallway. Uh, but that's not what I'm uh, actually... Um, about. So those are obstacles in a lot of ways to uh what you're talking about there.
3: Yeah, no, I really I really love that. The different perspectives on the empire. That's one of the great things of of seeing this. We talk about that a lot in uh in Bad Batch, the era that it, it set in can really show us uh the Empire. It's great to see the Empire kind of halfway through or a little bit yeah. uh, around halfway through its reign, but ten years to be established and to see these different uh perspectives of what the empire is, to see uh, Leia not yet been entirely educated by her mm-hmm. family of how bad the empire is you know yeah uh, of, of Freck <laughs> Freck is so fun of being a good people on Tall. they pay their way listen to the empire nothing wrong with a little order like yeah. Freck's just a joiner and then to hear Tall's perspective uh, I joined up when the empire stood for something by the time I realized what they really were it was too late That was really, really a a great just sort of a canon thing even to see, Mm -hmm. like, here are all the different perspectives depending on what people have uh, actually experienced of the Empire.
6: Yeah, I really love – we'll, we'll talk more about Tala and as an Indira uh, Varma uh, fan and an Ilaria San fan as well. It was uh, great to see uh, – I was surprised by that turn. Uh, loved it, but it, it, not just a twist. It was really powerful and really powerful to hear that quote. Um, it's almost uh, a little bit like so we're talking about when you're talking about the bigger issues. Just be careful how you choose it because you might accidentally let the wrong things in. And, and, and if you join up and, hey, it looks good to me, oh, no, what am I doing? I'm a part of something I don't want to be and I've got to choose. Uh, to act differently because of that. It was uh, a a lot of value to that character.
3: Yeah, no, absolutely. I absolutely loved that. And I, I loved the twist on uh, the standard, like, oh, is this a rebel dressed up as an imperial? <laughs> no, it's mm-hmm. an actual imperial who is a rebel, you know? Yeah. That was yeah. great. Um, I, I think for me, diving a little bit uh, deeper into this idea of uh, lost family and connection that we're both talking about, I was really struck by how uh, prevalent that is. And how that was kind of, to me, the heart of that great conversation between uh, Obi-Wan and Leia, but it's uh, just spread throughout the episode. It's a big picture truth, right, that Obi-Wan is suffering from all his loss. Well, how does that manifest? It it manifests with that he kind of can't connect with the people he wants to connect to, and he can't move past the loss. Uh, mm-hmm, at mm-hmm. the beginning, you know, he's still trying to connect to Qui-Gon. He still needs an answer. He even has that great uh, almost Judy Bloom like line, are you there, Master? <laughs> are you so there, funny. Qui-Gon? <laughs> it's me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. I really need you.
6: <laughs> you. You and I are thinking the same thing. I was like, that could have always been the title. Like, it's, it's more Ben these days is kind of a theme, but are you there, Master? It's me, Obi-Wan. Absolutely <laughs> needs to
3: be the title. Uh so we get that right from the beginning, right? That yeah. that Obi-Wan is wrestling yeah. with uh with needing that connection with Qui-Gon. Uh then we get his perspective that the about the lost community on this planet, Mapuzo, mm-hmm. after Imperial Devastation. It could just be about the the ecosystem, right? But it, it's mm-hmm. very specific what Obi-Wan says. He says, wasn't always like this here. There were fields and families, and then the mm-hmm. Empire came in and ravaged it all. So we're being reminded that this whole planet is a symbol of lost family, lost connection. Immediately after that, Obi-Wan has a vision of Anakin as he was, almost like, yeah. you know, he knows Vader's coming, He he's concerned about it, but he has this brief vision of, like, it's like he's that desperate for, for family for a second chance that for a second he sees Anakin, as he was. Like, he's scowling, but yeah, right, I yeah. thought that was really, really powerful.
6: <laughs> well, that's kind of how Anakin was, probably a lot, too. He, I think he
3: scowled a lot. <laughs> brooded. He brooded. That's true. Obi-Wan didn't get to see the smile as much as Padme <laughs> did. Uh, but there, there's some smile. A cheeky yeah. smile. But yeah, that, that, like, th- that suffering from loss to the point of, like, I, I have uh, almost a hallucination of mm-hmm, Anakin, mm-hmm. you know, that he could be here, you know? yeah. And I think that, that moment was less about Fear and more about oh, oh what what if he what if he was there you know
6: yeah yeah no look the empire wins they they win by making you feel you're alone right that's this mm. powerful thing we keep going back to a lot and and I I love the first part of this episode and all of it but I think definitely the first part the quieter moments really sync up well with Solo really sync up with early Rebel stuff Tarkin town Tarkin initiatives and, and how the Empire is winning in that way destroying these communities down to their course. Uh, and then there you see all these characters kind of separated, and then and, you know the stress of this uh, wonderful path. We're going to talk about path, the path that uh, uh, Talla's uh, part of, and, and Quinlan too, all those kind of things. Mm-hmm. But it's separate, and it's and it's stressful, and these communities are broken down. And, and Obi Wan, the the are you there, Master? He's just not. He's so far. Um, uh, disconnected from from any help, and then Leia has that great line: "If if we're on our own, we're going to need some help." And how powerful that is! There's so many building blocks for the character of Leia. It make, makes me think of things uh, later on of her trying to uh, gather old friends for the Resistance mm-hmm. later on. It makes me think of her looking at Wicket and going, "This this creature can help me." Uh, it's such a Leia thing, but it's a, it goes to the, what you're talking about this this disconnection that's there.
3: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and I feel like it, it really flowers in this amazing conversation between Obi-Wan and Leia that, yeah, to me, you, you said that I would consider it sacrilegious. No, that <laughs> Obi-Wan and Leia commiserating about both being adopted <laughs>
1: mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm. Uh, is just as, to me, like the heart of Star Wars is Kenobi yeah. and Vader crossing uh, saber blades again. Um, I, I think that... We, we got that great moment that everybody absolutely loved in in part two of you remind me of your of someone she was fearless mm. and stubborn and she was a leader. Great, great. we knew that right um, but to see w- when they're having their little a little, little flub in their little improv scene about trying to keep their cover and what they're doing there on mapuzo with the stormtroopers, and OBE one says uh, sometimes when I look at Luma, his his mm. fake code name for Leia, sometimes when I look at Luma. I see her mother's face in that Mm. excellent, excellent delivery that we can all feel. It's one of those lies that is only powerful because it's true because he is seeing Padme's face and hers and we get that, you know, great intuitive uh, energy that Leia has to, to press on that and, you know, even asking, you know, are you my real father? Yeah. Uh, sometimes I try to imagine what he was like. Even Leia, who has a, a great family, mm-hmm. um, knows that she had this other family, this family of origin, um, and that there's a longing for them in a missing them and, and leads into this is absolutely wonderful moment of uh, Obi-Wan talking much like Leia doesn't return of the Jedi. We'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, saying, I still have glimpses flashes. Really my mother's shawl, my father's hands, uh, a brother. He doesn't remember. So they commiserate over this loss of like, w- we both had these families of origins that we will never truly know. They only really exist in our mind as flashes and images. Uh, but then going back to, to Leia's fear about not being an authentic Organa because she's mm-hmm. adopted. The fact that Obi-Wan basically says, uh, Being with the Jedi is having a new family. It's being adopted. You know, I lost my family of origin. And he says, then I joined the Jedi and I got a new family just like you. That was one of the biggest lines, biggest moments for me. It is the heart of Star Wars. It is about found family. It is about these two characters bonding over actual trauma but kind of like a moment of moving forward toward hope of like yeah we lost Mm -hmm. something we also gained something we had these new families and then with obi-wan the well i guess with both of them obi-wan the actual trauma now that he lost that family too and that's a part of what he lost it's not just i'm i am a jedi and the jedi are a team and the team (laughs) lost it's his family it's everyone he's ever known it's his home literal physical home of the jedi temple he lost all that and you know, knowing that in the future Leia's going to feel that pain too of losing her new family, you know, it, it makes it all very hopeful and light and bittersweet uh, and sad all at once. See, you're making me
6: feel good about liking that scene, maybe even more than the Vader stuff. But uh, no, absolutely, it's. I think it's a little bit of the heart of the episode. It's it's kind of the the why of uh, Obi Wan's mission in a way, right? I mean, the, the the brokenness of it all, but trying to find the hope. Amongst the fear and the hope amongst, amongst the loss, absolutely key to Star Wars.
3: Yeah, and trying to give uh, comfort and hope to a traumatized child, which just there's, there's yeah. so much in these, in these episodes that are centering uh, traumatized children. And we even get to see a moment of Leia being vulnerable, right, where she breaks a little bit later and says she never, you know, meant to run away. She didn't know this was going to happen, and that she misses home and she wants to go back home. No, mm-hmm. know, it ties into this, this feeling of lost family, lost connection.
6: Absolutely does. Absolutely does. Um, on the flip side, if I may, uh, one of the yeah, things please. that's kind of hitting with me, this, this big theme, uh, how I kind of process it. As always, themes are open to interpretation, but I, I went with this idea of uh, we've seen a lot of what it's like to be, uh, to being built on unprocessed pain is mm-hmm. what I'm looking at. And I was really shaken by, uh, uh, Darth Vader being rebuilt, right? Cause there's mm-hmm. some coolness to that. Oh, it's Vader in the soup. You're putting the Vader back together. It's the most. You know, detailed I've seen. And there's a lot of other things in legends and comics and everything like that, but the you know, holes in his back, the, 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 the tubes mm-hmm. go in, the bruising, the things on his spine, everything about it was painful. And a reminder that B- Vader is in pain in there and how he tries to thrive on it. Then, and you get the examples of of Reva pouring her pain into this unquenched thirst for power and position. Um, Kenobi with his pain. And again, I say unprocessed pain because pain itself is, of course, not bad. And, and processing pain is not easy. And, and nothing about this show is letting you think that. It, it, it's analyzing that. And, and to me, Kenobi is... Got this. I, I call it false hope. I don't know if that's 100 in line, uh, Joseph, with maybe how you interpret the end of last week. But this hope, but it's a false hope that he's going to maybe have to discover as he processes the pain and tries to move on. So because of this pain, he leaves Leia to confront Vader, which which maybe feels like hope, but might be built on a little pain. Um, you hear Yoda say, "Only pain will find you," uh, and 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 that great sequence, great choice of dialogue, right, to to highlight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Qui Gon asking, it, it is it is you know. A promise to not forsake Anakin. So, so no wonder Obi Wan's mm. in this mood of of, of I, I can't let this, I can't let Anakin go. Anakin saying, "If you're not with me, you're my enemy." It's this pull to stay near to Vader. It's all this kind of unprocessed pain, and even the the, the echoes of of Reva saying, "Anakin Skywalker is alive, and he's been looking for you." When I think we all would think Anakin Skywalker is dead, or at least that's what Kenobi will say later on. All that ending with he's coming, Master. It's all these kind of examples, all these characters built on unprocessed pain and how you can work through it. And how you can come, uh, come through that to the other end and maybe find some hope through it all.
3: No, I I like that. I think that uh, is a great way to frame it. And dovetails definitely with some of the the, the thoughts I had about, you know, the big moments. Um, I would say it's not an elegant phrase. I would say that Obi-Wan maybe has burbling hope. (laughs) I like burbling hope. (laughs) I I think there's this, there's this instinct. uh, I think there's just that shock. I really thought of it as hope at, at the end of, of part two, where he reaches out, you know, that that's his instinct. He is a Jedi, and his Mm -hmm. instinct, like in the Grand Inquisitor speech, is to help. Uh, He feels he failed Anakin, and he knows that Anakin's anger in power in the Empire is something to be feared. There's definitely fear there, too. But the fact that he's sitting there with Leia, and his first instinct is to reach out and ask Mm -hmm. Anakin, and that there is this... uh, overwhelming amount of emotion that almost knocks him over when he senses Vader. Right. That it's physical pain, not a, oop. that's a problem. Am Mm -hmm. I going to perceive it with fear or hope? It's, it's overwhelming. Right. And and you feel like, um, I feel like in part three, he is trying to do the right thing. He is trying. He, I think he is like, I don't, I, I don't think I can handle this physically. Um, I know I can't handle it emotionally, Cause I, I I'm glad he's alive, but I'm frightened to see what he became and can I maybe help him? But I don't think like you're saying on process, I don't think he's even ready to quite ask that question yet. Literally yeah. and form the thought of like, ah, I'll do it. I will try to get Anakin back. I don't think he's there yet. I think we're building mm-hmm. to it. So I think he just kind of throws himself out in front of Vader as a confused piece of meat
6: <laughs> yeah, <she> does <laughs> to
3: stay away from Leia. I feel like, yeah. so that's what I say, like burbling hope. I, and, and I want to get into this, uh, a little bit more because I think a lot of this episode is about uh, Obi Wan opening back up to hope.
6: I, no, I burbling hope actually really works, other than it's just fun to say. Uh, I think when I say false hope, that's because I know the ending, right? So I got to live in the moment in the story. Uh, Obi Wan hasn't read this book yet.
3: And
6: yeah, I uh, think well, he's it, coming it, to that.
3: It, I mean, in the, in the ultimate story, I don't think it is false hope. I think it is, I think it is Padme's right. There is mm, good in yeah. him. And Obi Wan is not going to be the one to reach him. Obi Wan can't. There's there's just two and it's not Obi Wan's fault. It's Vader's fault, you know? Yeah.
6: Yeah. Would you say false hope for for Kenobi though, maybe then the, that, that he's got to turn the page and, and move the hope elsewhere?
3: Maybe. Yeah. Maybe absolutely. that's what I'm thinking. Absolutely. Yeah. I think I think that's what's I'm very intrigued to see how they're handling it. Is I think whatever interaction that Obi Wan has, I think it will be an acceptance of his own flaws. Uh, in mistakes but a recognition that vader made his choice and he's not changing his mind in uh, a sincere yeah. belief that anakin is gone but then i think in luke's great victory you know what what a rush of joy obi-wan must feel in the force to be like padme wasn't wrong i wasn't wrong i just wasn't the one to be able to get through to him yeah so uh false yeah. hope for obi-wan uh, getting through to anakin now but not false hope for there is good in anakin correct yeah no
6: no no I I appreciate the clarification yeah no I absolutely think you're right about that um yeah I just think yeah in terms of kenobi but yeah no absolutely and and, and, and I don't want to get to the to, to the Vader fight quite yet but looking at Vader um he hasn't I you I believe there's still room for a decision to be made it's what oh, I see yeah it's what I see oh. and what I'm calling
3: emo Vader Oh, yeah, no, I mean, I think, yeah, Vader is, uh, the meat metaphor is, is un, unfortunate, but yeah, no, he he just wants to take Kenobi home and play with him. He's, yeah. I don't think he knows exactly what he wants other than vengeance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, so I kind of want to pull this apart and talk about hope and talk about vengeance. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to talk about vengeance first or hope first?
6: Uh, I think vengeance and then we'll lead into hope and the big question of how does the force work and a great example yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So I, I go with you on a lot of the things that you were saying about on Process pain. I kind of looked at it as this continuing uh, theme in the overall show of the cycle of violence um, that, yeah, we saw Obi-Wan really thinking, really examining uh, uh, memories, meditating, trying to figure out what he should feel, what he should do. In um, in contrast to that, this really visceral scene of Vader being prepped, you know, it isn't just cool. It's painful, right? The, yeah. the the tubes in the back, the gnarled flesh, it makes you feel Vader's pain in a fresh way. So it starts with just like, um, not even the level of, uh, you know, the Jedi betrayed me, or Obi-Wan betrayed me, but like, Obi-Wan, you know, uh, sentenced me to endless physical pain. It makes you feel that.
6: Yes, and when Vader says later, you should have killed me when you had the chance, I, I, I keep thinking as a you know, really seriously, you should have done that. <laughs> Please.
3: Yeah. Like, why didn't you? It, 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 it's kind of a tough guy line, but it's also like, yeah. you know, that would have been the merciful thing to do, a hole. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so we start with that point of like, we feel Vader's pain. We feel why he might desire to inflict the same pain on Obi Wan. Uh, we then also have this great moment of uh, continuing Reva's story where she is almost physically affected by the sight of a Jedi symbol in the wall. Like, oh, it's the, I love that moment. Right. It's like this kind of inquisitor anger of like there is that we think we just have the dregs, but they've got they've got a system. They've got this path, you know, but -hmm. there's also just that like that seeing that image, that that image is burned on her soul of they failed me. And -hmm. she can't even contain the rage. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this is what, again, I'm loving about her performance. Like she's kind of at moments she's being the savvy operator who is you know, playing the hollow chest to, to move up in the ranks. And other times she just explodes because she can't control the fury, which we'll see if the show bears this out. But I feel like it is the cycle of violence. She blames the Jedi for her pain, uh, for her lack of station, uh, for falling to the gutter, whatever that is, for whatever pain she went through to become an inquisitor. And it's all their fault and all she wants is to inflict it on them.
6: Yeah, there's two great of that, and, and and the moment with the the, uh, the unfortunate uh, snapping of the neck, and and she has a reaction to it. I see a lot of people pointing that out. I, I kick it back to you here, I love what you're saying. It's, it, 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 do you feel how much of it do you feel, or, or or do you look into and possibly see this idea that it is this like every almost like I like, almost like I'm thinking aloud here. I'm sorry, like almost like Kylo kind of like wants to go back to mom but can't. And therefore stays trapped in it where I look at her like that symbol really affects her. Like you said, it really affects her. And how, how much of it uh, deep down is her just going, man, I wish I could go back to that, but I can't because they are why I'm here. And I just, I thought she played that so well. Yeah. I think there might be a
3: Kylo connection in, in like, you know what? Burn it all down. I don't, mm-hmm, I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not like she's talking in this episode that it, and when she's making her, her more savvy kind of hollow chest moves, it's, you know, I'll be standing next to Vader but i almost get the feeling that she's like i want to destroy every living jedi and then once i get you know to vader's side i'm going to just like grand inquisitor i'm going to put a blade through him when he isn't looking and then i'll take down the emperor and I'll, I'll i'll i think that she is almost a little she's trapped in a cycle of violence but i think she's aware that like uh, the sith and the jedi uh, in her mind are culpable and she wants to rip them all down
6: i i really like that idea and i've seen some uh, you know is she a double agent working in the inside i think that's a fun idea but this is the would be the big why behind it. If, if, if we're going to follow it out and I'm not saying that's what I think necessarily is going to happen. If she's going to whip off the the black outfit and be like, I am a Jedi the whole time. No, 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 not necessarily saying that, but it's the, the, the spirit of that is there. I think, I think you're right. I'll take them all out. Uh, because that's the only way I'll feel better.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's the only way I'll, I'll feel safe. Um, mm-hmm at the end of the day and I'm, I'm so fascinated to see how this story is going to play out uh, and then going to, to a little bit of the the big fight we'll, we'll talk about the fight and the action sure. uh, but just the the that singular focus of vader his reaction to kenobi is just blame it's your fault it's not about taking any responsibility for choices it's not anything about like palpatine manipulated me yeah <laughs> uh it is you know the the great what have you become and I am what you made me it's oh I, so it, it's <laughs> oh my yeah yeah right
6: no no i uh, sorry to jump in I, I wrote those two lines down and then I wrote next to what have you become the shame game and the next one the blame game because we got this <laughs> real tennis match going over there too of uh I'm sorry yes you should be I'm sorry you should be
3: and yeah um but that it's just totally no no sense of responsibility no sense of uh, how can we address this and uh move on which i didn't expect from vader um but it's powerful to just hear it and i think just like the visual of it like like i said we'll we'll talk about it we want to give it its its full due uh but once he has uh set those minerals aflame and has uh obi-wan in his power just the image that i am literally going to make you feel exactly what i felt is so the cycle of violence it's i it's vader on one side of this this show it's you know bale saying obi-wan you made some mistakes we all did forgive yourself for the past move on and vader is saying no 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 i am literally going to drag you into the past and the past is on fire
6: (laughs) Love that. Love the way you're describing it. And I do think that's two of these uh, these uh, polar opposite ideas going on in Kenobi right now, because Bales is a very healthy way. Right. It's aggressive. And it's like, I need you to be this person. But it's like, you got to process it. You got to process your trauma and we got to move on. Learn from the past. You're so right. Invaders like it's on fire and you're being pulled back into it literally. And I, I love that description of that.
3: Yeah. It's just so powerful. And to me, it's just like a literal visualization of of the cycle of violence. Right. And, and the idea of like, this is yeah. just the beginning. Um, I, What I want to do is torture you, yep. you know, yep. maybe to a point or, or maybe just that's it. I just want to torture you until you die. <laughs> and it's going to take yep. a long time, you know? Yeah. And, and Kenobi's
6: like, man, more want to do this, too. What's going on? With <laughs> uh, so from there, should we go to hope? Let's go to hope
3: uh you touched on this but i really felt like it was this a uh, big theme there is this idea of you know lost family lost connection it's happening with lots of characters the planet mapuzo uh but obi-wan is at the center of it and i think a part of that is obi-wan has been alone for so long that he has forgotten about even the possibility of trust the possibility of hope the possibility that he deserves friends and help, you know, going back to that Leia line from part two of uh, I'm paraphrasing, but like, is it so hard to believe that <laughs> yeah. uh, you could have friends and, you know, even Haja uh, Estri yeah. saying you're not alone, Obi-Wan And it, that he's not hearing any of that. Right. Because at mm-hmm. the beginning of this episode, he is, um, he, you know, thinking that he is alone. He's reaching out to his master. That's the only person he can reach out to. Uh, he's got this great, bittersweet conversation with uh, Leia where Leia asks him to describe the force. Mm-hmm. And he the image he describes is of, of hope and warmth and safety, but it's bittersweet. It, it's it's a feeling Obi-Wan remembers, not a yeah. feeling he's currently experiencing, right? Uh, when he says to, to Leia, have you ever been afraid of the dark? Leia nods and he says, how does it feel when you turn on the light? Yeah, That's like great wisdom. And I can see like Obi-Wan telling that to, you know, Anakin or Ahsoka in the Clone Wars with like this pride of that's what it feels like to use the force. And I do it every day and you should too. (laughs) And this is this sad. I used to feel that. And I don't know if I ever can again.
6: Yeah. I jotted down safety, confidence, comfort, purpose, and Kenobi ain't got none of these right now. Cause he just, (laughs) uh, the light's not on. The light is not on. And I thought it was a beautiful, beautiful question uh, because, you know, again, it makes me think of, of Han. <laughs> that's not how the force works. Uh, <laughs> what a great uh, direct way to do it, to address it there. And even you know, before this, there's that great little exchange where he's a, a little grumpy Kenobi and, and the precocious kid. And he's just like, people are not all good, Leia. And <laughs> while that's a fact, and I think we're seeing Leia, Leia's not all, you know, she's there's still some pieces to be assembled in this set here for Leia. She's all the foundations are there. She's still young. She's still learning. She's still growing. She's so smart, but also, you know, uh, could get them in a little trouble. And I, I just, so I like the lessons being learned from her along the way, but also this reflection back on Kenobi and how he, you know, I don't think normal, normally he might've answered. Yeah. You know, but we got to find the good people or we, yeah, there's bad people. We'll look for the good. He's not in that spot. The lights are not on.
3: No, the lights are not on. You highlighted this great line when she's flagging down Freck of, well, if we're on our own, we're going to need some help. It is this great this great spirit uh, uh, mm-hmm. that needs to reawaken in Obi-Wan of finding a little bit of trust, believing that other people are, will help you, believing that you're worth uh, being helped. Or, mm-hmm. or saved you know but w- within that yeah that this caution of <laughs> who should we trust and i think this is one of like the, the most crucial things in the episode to me right um mm-hmm. we have this moment where they're they're getting they got to the location that H- haja gave them right and everyone mm-hmm. doesn't trust haja at all doesn't believe anyone will meet them i love him barking people are not all good Leia, and that line really you This is where he told us to come to. Classic Grumpy Kenobi, right? Like, (laughs) you know, it's a total attack of clones. Great job. You went that way, you lost him. You know, it's a million great James Arnold Taylor deliveries of Grumpy Kenobi from Clone Wars animated series. Uh, And then I knew it. I never should have trusted him. Um, And he makes his fateful decision where he so does not believe in trust or hope that, if, if he had had a little bit of that classic obi wan patience and waited uh everything would have been fine yeah because we know later that Tala was like i was i was just running yeah. late and he says in that broken way when she tells him that i i, I hadn't expected anyone to come mm-hmm. and and this is the those moments for me where i feel like he is starting to realize how damaged he has become and how o- unable to trust or hope he is and that he needs to wake up and and it's a it's a uh, vital moment of of not being able to hope or trust because if they had just waited, they would have got off the planet and it would have mm-hmm. been fine. And all of the the horror that's unfolding is because, at least partially, he didn't have that moment of patience and hope. Yeah,
6: yeah, that's it's, it's where he is right now. I think that's a great breakdown of that there, and and and. Laying her unbridled youthful enthusiasm, uh, pushing towards hope as she often will, and I got to tell you, this might be a side conversation. I apologize. Just hearing her say, if we're on. We're on uh, if we are on our own, we're going to need some help." And then flash to her saying, "Help you, help me, Obi Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope." Mm-hmm. Uh, him, how, how, a little extra meaning for me a little bit later on.
3: Yeah, and then yeah, Obi Wan even saying like, you know, she needs your help, Luke. I'm getting too old for this sort of thing. Like, yeah, yeah it, just it, you one know, little he, moments connect to a million moments uh, of great uh, uh, reaching out for help that Leia does. Uh, Final thing for me on this kind of restored hope is I think the utter power uh, how crucial the scene is when Tala Durath uh, takes them into this path, the Mm -hmm. the linking systems uh, where Obi-Wan discovers that people are still helping, um, discovers that Quinlan is still alive I think that's going to be a crucial moment in this whole series that is opening obi-wan up to the idea that i've been alone on tatooine Mm. keeping my head down i know luke is important Uh, i do have empathy for him Uh, i i do care for him but i am also just waiting for the right moment for him to train i'm kind of losing perspective uh and he doesn't know that there are Mm. people out there still fighting he doesn't know how much of yeah. his Jedi family is still alive. And I think Ewan McGregor's performance in this scene is masterful is it's like the, the doors of hope is cracking yeah. open just a little bit when, when he, he kind of marvels at it, at, mm. at what's going on. And Tala says, there's a lot of good people risking their lives out there mm-hmm. opening up that door of hope. Uh, I love that they picked Quinlan, um, Partially because I love Quinlan Vos, uh, you know, I, I, he's he was established in some Orabesh text of a Jedi who was suspected to still be alive in one of the Vader comics. There's so some yeah. great Ganon lore stuff there. But it's also like uh, Quinlan was one of the guys that Obi-Wan rolled his eyes out of. Like, oh, boy, here comes Quinlan. Mm. And that might have been the brightest his voice has been this entire <laughs> episode or the this entire show. Quinlan was here. Uh, And Tala says he helps now and again smuggling younglings. Again, getting back to that idea that so much of this is about helping uh, the young. Uh, But you could just see everything opening up in Obi-Wan that, oh, there's there's a bunch of people out here. Even an imperial saw that what she was doing is wrong and is risking her life helping people. Quinlan's running around the galaxy taking risks and signing walls, (laughs) you know. And then the fact, uh, the quote that was etched on the wall. Uh, Yeah, only when the eyes are closed, can you truly see has, of course, connection to Obi-Wan's initial teaching of Luke on the Falcon of, you know, don't trust your eyes. They can deceive you. Uh, But to me, that's a quote about hope. That's a quote about a leap of faith. Only when the eyes are closed, can you truly see? And Leia says, see what? And he says the way Um, that to me is like that, that etching on the wall in this this place of hope is telling him uh, i i should have been able to close my eyes and, and truly see hasha and and trusted him and and yeah. waited um in that he it, it, to me it, it's a start of him reckoning with his fear and how how shut down he has to be like i have to take these leaps of faith
6: uh yeah ab- absolutely uh and what i love about the the quote first of all yes yeah, as first as Quillen, I, I had about two second thought where uh he was going to pop around the corner, like, "Hey, bro, what's up, man? How you doing, man? I'm here. I'm Quinlan. I'm surfer dude. I'm the big Quinlan Vos Lebowski. Uh, I loved that. Love that mention. It, it, it's very powerful, just in a name we all know, but exactly what you're talking about. And this, this quote: the only eye, only when the eyes are closed can you can you truly see the way. I, I just uh, and just you thought about the Luke stuff. Thought about what Kenobi says later on. Then I thought of what that like actually means uh, when your eyes are open. You just you can focus on everything that's not the way, every, anything that's not the answer, all the doubts, all the obstacles, all the fears. I think when you're just, boom, I just imagine your eyes bright, popped, big, wide open, and it's too much and it's just too much. And I think of Qui-Gon falling to his knees and, and closing his eyes. I think of Obi-Wan closing his eyes as he's hanging there as Maul's about to uh, finish him and, and, and how you, uh, how that just kind of tracks for a lot of the Jedi wisdom.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And just a a reminder that, you know, it it is frightening to trust. It is frightening to take risks, but there's no way forward without doing that because you can't do everything alone.
6: Yeah, and I love you highlighting all the
3: little uh, missteps
6: we've already seen three episodes in. Uh, I think you're right. Uh, It is is so much more. And this is why I'm excited about the series continuing to push this stuff and tell the story of the idea of just Kenobi sitting in a desert going, yeah, I got a mission and I'm good. And now we're seeing just what that actually means. And I think Mm -hmm. uh, that's where I'm having a lot of fun with the series so far. Uh, Truly this broken man, but we're seeing all the pieces and we're seeing them slowly come back together. Uh, Simple stuff. And I'm just really enjoying that take on it.
3: Yeah, and I think to me it is these building blocks of seeing Leia's uh, optimism and and forward movement and taking action the way the way Tala said it, of like you speak with actions, mm-hmm. seeing that people like Tala are out there, seeing knowing that people like Quinlan are out there still not just running but still helping people. You can see how that would open him up to like, well, maybe I should do that. Maybe I should try to reach th- get through to Anakin, and eventually where he ends up of like, oh, there, this is not. um this is a noble mission. This is a great Jedi mission to watch over this child. You know, you can see how these yeah. ideas would lead toward, I am entirely content watching over Luke. It's exactly where it should be.
6: Yeah. Look what happens with, with uh, Nari, the, the, the first Jedi that dies. I mean, you know, this is, think of that conversation. There's Kenobi going, "No, no, no, give up, give up, bear your sword. <laughs> bear your sword. Bear your, and your cost, sword and
3: hide. Yeah. Awesome yeah. as life. Yeah. 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 Uh, in, any ideas about, or any thoughts about how this episode kind of relates to big picture Star Wars? Obviously, a lot of these themes are big picture Star Wars uh, themes and storytelling, but anything else?
6: Uh, man, no, honestly, I think it all, it all kind of was on the table there, but yeah, I think this big push to help it, but, but but in this era, I really love uh, this connecting with the stuff, like I was saying, with Solo and Rogue One and early Rebels. I really love that, because you really see what's going on, and how the entire rebellion that we all know and love, and you're in our generation kind of uh, shown up. Uh, you, you, when we showed up to the party, it was already a rebellion. And uh, to see the pieces put together and, and how far everyone has to go and how the bigger chances. I love that little moment with Leia asking uh, Tala, you know, how, how hard is it to be, you know, undercover, basically? How hard yeah. is it to lie? The stress behind that um, I really was moved by that and what that means for Leia, who will have to be in the imperial senate. Mm-hmm. And have to be putting up this front, this front facing, uh, uh, you know, mothma like face. Can't wait for to see Andor and see that play out. It, but in the in the meantime, she's
3: got to help and use her position
6: to help. I really thought that was a powerful moment and ties to the bigger picture of Star Wars.
3: Yeah, is it scary? <laughs> yes, it's scary. There's the yeah, light. it is. Uh, only other thing, uh, quick, quick little things uh, that I wanted to uh, to talk about is that. Great uh, selfless versus selfish, one of the core themes of Star Wars. And seeing, like, the selfishness of the Inquisitors, they're just bickering about getting credit, right, and and yeah. basically getting a dark side promotion. Uh, mm-hmm. So we have that going on. And then in contrast, I feel like kind of two, a couple of the real big moments are Obi-Wan and Leia trading being selfless <laughs> yeah. to almost a dangerous level where they're both more concerned about the other getting off of planet safely. Where I feel like that is ultimately, like, I think Obi-Wan is overwhelmed with emotions and maybe part of him does just need to run out there and and see uh, what Anakin truly is. You know, Mm -hmm. it seems like he can't look away at first. Uh, So I think some of it for Obi-Wan is this this just morbid curiosity need. uh, But I think most of it is just about, I'm going to fling myself in front of whatever Anakin is now to keep him away from Leia. Um, And then when Leia is in the hallway and just like, you Know there's no way Obi Wan's going to be okay. You, I can make it by myself. You got to go back for him, like uh, Mm -hmm. you know, Tala becomes this uh, this uh, ball they're pulling in two different directions (laughs) to to, in Obi Wan and Leia's uh selflessness off, you know, yeah,
6: yeah. I I agree with it. I I agree with your interpretation of that uh, of Kenobi. I think it could be for me a mixture of all of it where I think it is a, a tactic, it is a you you take her on she's more important and i'm gonna do what i gotta do but i wonder i wonder if he if he had already uh, for whatever reason had already been like yeah that ain't that ain't anakin as vader we gotta go i wonder if he would have gone you know what i mean both both decisions might be right for me uh i'm just wondering it's it's a great big uh, why Uh, and i love i I love seeing how that played out and you're right uh the the selfish selflessness off uh ends up hurting him but hey
3: yeah i love that it's right. right Yeah, I know. I love that it's a it's a, a big, fascinating mess of emotions. It's mm-hmm. not like when he's looking at right. General Grievous on Utapau and going, ah, yeah, if I yeah. just throw myself in the mix, I'll distract him long enough. It, there's no it's not the ah, I know I've got a ploy. It's not even Obi-Wan on the Death Star being like, ah, I'll sneak off and I'll turn off the track, well, you know, well, the tractor beam. I know exactly what I'm doing. It's like,
1: how about me?
6: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll move it more to the the fight discussion but but there's this big question of uh, the why of vader letting him go that i'm just fascinated with and mm. it ties in a little what you're saying of this mash of emotions how the fight is just so much more i think if you told the story 20 years ago i.e., if i wrote the fanfic script on it i'd be like it's kenobi going i must destroy him and and it would be something entirely different and even with vader it is i'm gonna hunt him down and torture him but it's not all that either And it's this mash, this basket of emotions you just described. And uh, that was actually one of my favorite parts of the episode.
3: Yeah, absolutely. absolutely love that. Um, fi- final thing for me in big picture is I think this has a great uh, thread of everyone matters um, That with the focus on Ned B, the loading droid who allegedly can't speak, and that Ned B kind of ends up being the hero of the episode. <laughs> uh, Very much. It, in, in many ways, uh, a great everyone matters, and then the Imperials being so dismissive of poor Ned B. Yeah.
6: Uh, Once again, Obi-Wan being carried off on someone else's shoulders, right? Ooh, sick burn, <laughs> Obi-Wan, sick burn. Sorry, sorry. Yeah.
3: On a droid, no less. He's got to learn a little bit more (laughs) droid respect, uh, Obi-Wan. All right, uh, unless you have any other big theme stuff to discuss, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back.
6: Yeah, I'm going to save a lot more for the fight and all that good stuff there, so uh, let's uh, get on down the road.
3: Excellent. We will be back with more Kenobi in just a moment. And we are back to continue our discussion of Obi-Wan Kenobi Part 3. So wonderful that there are so many parts of Obi-Wan Kenobi. We talked about some of the big themes. I'm sure we will continue to talk about some of the big ideas. But we also want to talk about some of the canon, some of the whimsy, some of the action, all that great stuff. So we're going to talk about canon. There were some really fun and intriguing lore drops. And, of course, just as always, some of the fun. Ah, that planet, that quote. Uh, But let's start with the big ones. Obi-Wan Kenobi has a brother in the sound of a million fan theories erupted across the Internet and the galaxy. Uh, I thought of you immediately, Ken, because I know you're really always talking about that Return of the Jedi novelization, right, where there was an Obi-Wan Kenobi brother. So how did you feel about all that?
6: I thought absolutely it's Owen Lars Kenobi and, and we're just gonna figure that out. They moved from Stew John to Tatooine. No. Um <laughs> no, but I, I thought about the same paragraph in that novel and had a good laugh. And then I had then a thousand um two thousand fifteen Ray theories popped into my brain.
3: Right. If this had happened before, like yeah, is anybody uh, being like, No, there's still hope. She's a Kenobi. <laughs>
6: yeah. Yeah. But fascinating. And, and, and you know what I got to tell you where I went with it in the end, because uh, I did think about this a little bit. It's just, uh, you know, what, probably nowhere. They're probably on Stu John. He, You know, John Kenobi runs like an accounting firm or something. And he's just and he just that's who he is. You know, maybe they changed the last name. Maybe Kenobi's something else. I don't know. Um, yeah, that's probably the answer to me.
3: I, yeah, I get the excitement. If it, I haven't had enough time this morning to see if there are, you know, entire fan fictions of Obi-Wan's brother, <laughs> uh, Bobi One or Obi-2, uh, whatever it is, uh, that I, I, I get it being an exciting thing. But for me, it just has such emotional power of him saying there was a baby. I think I had a brother. I w- wished I knew him. Um, mm. And for me, that's the point. That's the whole point. The whole point is... Maybe he is. You know what? I think he is a, a bar owner. I think he owns a bar yes. a nice little uh, friendly neighborhood bar on Stu John. I think the point is he's not for sensitive. He's not secretly somebody else's father. He's not this, you know, uh, everyone mm-hmm. matters, but he's not, you know, the, this person who is the the secret linchpin to a convoluted theory of, you know, Corky's birth yeah. <laughs> Uh. rights. Um, I think it is. He, he is just Obi wan had family too, and Obi wans destiny led him here. And Obi wans brother ha- has a different destiny. And yeah, th- that to me is is the value. Absolutely is. All right. Any more Obi wan brother thoughts before we move on?
6: No, 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 no. We'll, I'm sure we'll get a we'll get a lot more on that soon.
3: Okay. Well, maybe uh, season two of Obi wan yeah. will just be uh, the Kenobi family reunion <laughs> yeah. on Stew John. That's not at all risky these days. Uh, Move on, then. We already acknowledged it, but we want to discuss it more. Quinlan Voss lives. He's alive, active, helping younglings 10 years after Order 66 and signing walls about it. Uh, Mm -hmm. I was thrilled. Uh, I I think it's one of those great moments that – Absolutely works if you have only ever watched a Star Wars film and never even looked at a book or a comic or an animated series. It's clear that he's, you know, somebody that Obi-Wan knew. It's implied that he's uh, a Jedi, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it works on that level. And then for those of us who are who are all in, uh, thrilling. We we had that little tease in a comic book that his name there in orbesh is a Jedi who might possibly live. Uh, I'm so excited that he's alive this is one where I will be like, yeah, no, we're getting a Disney Plus show um, mm. because Quinlan Voss is a really unique and interesting uh, character, and I would love to see more. Uh, mm. How did you feel about the Quinlan Voss name drop?
6: It was both fun and, and cheeky and then uh, also has uh, a bigger meaning for Kenobi. But bigger meaning for me as a fan, too, as I've gone on this journey over the years, you know, we've talked about it before here in force center you you absolutely grow up if you if if you discover new hope first, I don't care what generation you are, but maybe the original generation deals with dealt with it more and deals with it constantly is you know you absolutely think obi Ben Kenobi is telling Luke Skywalker of a decades long ago era um that Jedi are no more and Luke's the last one. You, you just kind of had that feeling growing up, whether or not even George was saying that or not, it doesn't matter. I just, just kind of grow up with it. And over the years, as more Jedi pop up from your Ezra Bridges, your Calcastuses, and just gunging now to others that survive, it can sometimes challenge others. This I know it used to challenge me more, but now I living, living in this world of it's only 19 years and there's no possible way that all the Jedi could be destroyed. And there's no possible way to uh, believe that Palpatine wiped out the force, which will still have, uh, means there's still force-sensitive people. He's trying mm-hmm. to get the force-sensitive kid, uh, kids. Um, so you know what I mean? So I'm in a very much of a, a different spot of just open up to this idea of, of Luke being a, a, a last hope for a bigger reason than just he's a Jedi. It is the, the family line, Leia as well as we know. Um, so I'm excited to actually have these names move forward from Easter eggs and comic books to now eh, Easter eggs in a live action show and where that can go and more important names showing up. Actually it's something I'm more open to than I ever have been.
3: Yeah. I, I'm totally with you. This is something that I've evolved on as well. I think even a few years ago, I was like, cool, a Jedi survived. How'd they die before new hope? <laughs> and yeah. then, you know, I was really accepting of like, okay, you know, we'll, we'll find some ways to take characters off the board Ezra is in Pergol land, wherever that is. Okay. He's off the board, you know, um, Uh, we don't know exactly what's going on with Ahsoka, but I I think there's still some ambiguity uh, with exactly where she is on, on, if she's stranded on Malachor, all that kind of stuff, uh, which I think we'll probably get some clarity on. But to me, narratively, effectively, she's off the board, you know? Yeah. Um, But then that great, you know, those great moments and discussions in Rebels where, like, Obi-Wan is telling Ezra, like, you have a different path. That, for Mm -hmm. me, I'm fine if some of the characters are alive and uh, maybe they like maybe Quinlan Voss is alive and well. And he's just like, Hey, I went through a lot. I, I went through, you know, in that great dark disciples story, I really bent to br- close to mm-hmm. breaking my vows as a Jedi on the orders of the council to go assassinate Dooku. I'm not, I, I'm not doing that again. I, mm-hmm. I will not, I will not make stopping Vader my life's mission. I'm going to be a Jedi by quietly helping people. You know, maybe Cal Kestis yeah. finds a different path too. And I'm much more open to that now and I think it is powerful that not only are Luke and Leia important because they are, you know, of a lineage of, of great power within the force, but more importantly, it's their destiny. Uh, yeah. They're going to have to face the truth of who they are. Life is going to set them on a collision course with uh, Vader and Palpatine because of who they are. And I think that's, you know, reinforced in the advice that Luke gives to Ray of like, yes, you are extremely powerful powerful jedi yes the the skywalker saber called out to you but also facing palpatine is your destiny because it's your family it's Mm -hmm. what you need to pass through in order to accept yourself and and i I think i embrace it more as a part of it isn't just like you know uh, who has the most force points therefore who could kick whose ass yeah (laughs) that it's much more about being on the path to uh what you have to face because it's a, a truth of who you are
6: yeah, no, just on a, on a technical level, if I might pull it back to that and the pieces on the Please. board, I, I I agree with you on that. There's some pieces that I think I still kind of want off the board or, hey, you know, what would it be, you know, if Quinlan was to show up on Hoth, you know, what would that be? But the, but this series, even the comics, just the, the, the presence of the Inquisitors, which is not something I immediately took to as well. I think I got it. You can't have Vader in every episode of Rebels and so now you got this other Grand Inquisitor. It just kind of works for me on a technical level. I got that, too. It's same here in this series. But beyond just using them as substitute villains for Vader, I think that's that's really, really just not the right way uh, to look at it. I just don't think that's the case. It's putting this picture of there's a cost to being a Jedi. We're, we see one hanging in, in mm-hmm. episode one. So, uh, uh, you know, not to mention, you just talk about Quinlan and everyone just went through a lot of things, Quinlan specifically on his path. But they just went through this thing of uh, you took up arms and chose a side, kind of helped destroy you. Now you and I might argue the rebellion is the right side and a good cause to get behind, mm-hmm. uh, and, and it's to, uh, to defeat Palpatine. So, but even then, um, maybe there's trepidation about that, and, and maybe someone like Quinlan, because she just says he helps from time to time. He's not mm-hmm. even like here. He's not part of the organization in a way. I, I really like that idea of of Quinlan and other Jedi in this era know that their their value is in a different way and with a different kind of light shining. And, and maybe it can't be as bright all the time. and That, that works for me, uh, just putting it all together.
3: Yeah, and I, and I like it if Quinlan Voss's is, you know, I think part of it um, is, you know, hearing some of those quotes from Lucas that he liked the idea of that Jedi survived Order 66 mm-hmm. all the way through after um, the Galactic Civil War. And once the Empire was gone, maybe there was a reckoning and a desire to find them. You know, maybe there are people like Quinlan Vos who's like, I'll help every once in a while, but I'm not fighting this war. Or, you know, Eeth Koth in the comics is found by Vader and he's killed. But I liked Eeth Koth's story of like, we failed. I'm done. I started a family. Just, you know, Mm -hmm. just go, Vader, because I'm not a threat to you. Like, I love the idea that there could be Jedi who are just like, no, I put my head down. I think the Jedi that become like a narrative concern are, frankly, Kanan, you know, Mm -hmm. who becomes all in. You know, right, 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 and if Kanan had not already sacrificed himself, there's no way he wouldn't be there in the Galactic Civil War. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a great
6: way. To, yeah. Great. Great explanation.
3: Yeah. So super excited. I hope Quinlan Voss uh, pops up again, because to me, he is much more like I'll make my Oppo Rancisis jokes. I, you know, he's just a, mm. a weird, fun alien. And I still hope he uh, pops up in Bad Batch in an animated form. Quinlan Voss he's. He's got that great Clone Wars episode where he's shown as a Jedi who embraces emotion in a certain way of just like, I want to have fun. I want to be joyful. That's the light side. I want to yeah. take everything so seriously. Uh, Dark Disciple, he goes through absolute hell. He falls in love. Mm. Uh, and also just that he has a, a, a design uh, that allows for more representation. There's a lot in Quinlan Voss that is much more valuable mm. uh, than just a name drop. Yeah, I agree with that. Awesome. Uh, OK, we'll move on then to the fun topic of empire hunting for sensitive children. <laughs> right. Uh, we we kind of know this, but it's fun to hear it in live action. Leia asks what happens to them and uh, Tala says we're not sure, but no one ever sees them again. I think this is yet another uh, way that this uh, show is reinforcing that one of the main ideas is the, the trauma of children and that it's ongoing. Um, it's not just order 66 and Leia it's, it's going on throughout the galaxy. I think that's part of the, that, you know, horrible moment where, uh, Vader snaps, uh, that neck so brutally is again, you know, knowing, uh, that, that, that trauma is a way to draw out Obi-Wan or to keep, you know, people in line. It's, it's awful, but it is so present uh, mm-hmm. about, you know, what this show is wrestling with is, is a way forward from that. Um. And I also just like that, yes, this is a part of the Inquisitor's story. I feel like that's a little bit of what the, this yeah. is in the episode for. We're, we're not sure, but no one ever sees them again because they get tortured to become Inquisitors, feels like a little bit of the answer. Yeah. Uh, but there's also that connection to that great Clone Wars arc uh, where uh, Sidious hired Cad Bane to, to uh, steal the Holocron, find the children, brought them to that facility on Mustafar, and he was going to try to link all these force-sensitive children Together, so they could uh, see the future explicitly, so nobody could ever yeah. <laughs> surprise Palpatine. So there's also that, like, are they following up on the Clone Wars episode, Children of the Force?
6: Uh, yeah, I had that, I had that thought too. Thought to those, and just I like it on this level of uh, first of all, it's really it's, it's it's dark stuff, and even the way Tala plays it and Dervarma plays it, it, it's really sad and tragic and dark. And then they focus on Leia here and that added damage, added weight to you know if they were to discover that. Um, but man, it doesn't, it just keep fueling the fear of Palpatine knowing that his hunt is not over, right? It's just this idea of, I can't stop. I hear your favorite line of the Jedi relentless, but it's almost like <laughs> the force is relentless. It just won't stop producing force sensitive kids that might go to the light and might defeat me one day. It's all this kind of paranoia of, uh, this mm-hmm. uh, quest for power behind Palpatine.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And, and it ties into Riva's story so great that this is ongoing mm-hmm. and all that. So I- any other thoughts on that before we move on to some of the more surface level stuff?
6: No, no, no. Go on.
3: Uh Well, I guess this is not surface level. Uh, I wanted to acknowledge this and see what your thoughts are. I really liked that Obi-Wan's language of remembering his family was very similar to the language that Leia uses uh, with Luke in Return of the Jedi when Luke asks about their real mom, uh, their real mom. Uh, mm-hmm. Obi-Wan says, I still have glimpses, flashes, really. My mother's shawl, my father's hands. Uh, when Luke asks if Leia remembers her mother, Leia says, Just images, really, feelings. So there's it's not the exact words, but there's a sort of a rhythm to them into the motion of them. What do you think about that?
6: I think it's some great emotional canon, if not just some actual force flash canon, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I thought it was really beautiful in so many ways, many of the ways we already discussed. And, and you mentioned, too, just Obi, Obi-Wan kind of saying, yeah, I have a brother. I don't know what happened to you. I'd love to see him again. And uh, we know what to sort for Leia. Uh, but I, I just it was just a sweet. It was just a sweet use of that to me. Powerful. Powerful. Just also very, very sweet. It absolutely made a lot of people think of that uh, bridge in Endor.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And I think just there's so much in this uh, show that's doing a great job of just showing uh, Leia is very intelligent, but also just very intuitive and mm-hmm. uh, that she is slowly opening up to that, all these, yeah. you know, intuitive ideas. And does she get home from this mission and really think about her mother and, you know, get these images, these feelings,
6: you know, yeah. after,
3: not like Obi-Wan taught her to do it, but just yes. like, <laughs> yes. you know, that, that, getting herself into that intuitive place of like, I I don't need to be it seems like she gets a lot of pain from thinking about what her Yeah, who her parents were, who her biological parents were. Yeah, this opened her up to like letting her mind drift and letting her feelings drift and receiving some images of a of a sad, kind, beautiful woman,
6: yeah, I can follow you on that thread indeed, I think that beyond just the emotional pain, a little physical pain, whatever you want to say it, it is definitely her kind of working through it there, and you're and you're right, it is not that she doesn't get home and go, well, obi-wan taught me, you just press x and r one, and you get <laughs> force memories, um so you yeah. unlock mom face, yeah, <laughs> but I, I I thought it was extra powerful, and I've already seen some of the discussions around the the, the Leia character of uh, hey is this is this kind of her force skill, and we kind of talked about that one of her four skills, if you will. Uh, and, and it kind of, so that just made it all the more powerful when she was asking about, you know, what's the force like, what does it feel like? And it's kind of, you wanted to, you almost want to say to her, it, it, it's a feeling and you've got it. It's right there.
3: Yeah, no. And that, that that's a great moment of tension for Obi-Wan too of like, Ooh, hmm, uh, how much do <laughs> I open the door for her? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But he's so anxious to train Luke and like, you know,
6: well uh, was, uh, you know got me thinking too this is head cannon territory head cannon spoiler woo, woo, head cannon territory of just you know we, you got on one side him and his desire to train Luke and his feeling he's Luke's the chosen one after a while whether or not he's at that spot you know we'll find out and then the other desire where Leia has to hide that more right you, you don't want mm-hmm. that you see what's going on that she's got to play pretend in a lot of ways and, and uh, having some visible and uh, you know recognizable force skills would not be good for her
3: that that's a good canon question that i was wondering about i wonder if a part of this journey is you know obviously obi-wan is seeing how amazing leia is right yeah uh and then that raises that question of you know how does how does obi-wan end up you know holding maul as he dies and says saying luke is the chosen one Mm -hmm. and i kind of feel like obi-wan is seeing the that leia has a path right uh that the way he turns to her is like you're a you're a leader, like your mom, mm-hmm. and then when when uh, Leia's asking about being taught how to shoot, and Tall is like, you know, she's gonna be a fighter, and he's like, yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, that he's seen how amazing Leia is, but he's seen the path that she kind of ends up taking, being a, a leader and a politician, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and not as much of you know the Jedi path
6: yeah and look we cer- certainly not suggesting that kenobi's choosing this for her or that she has no choice in Mm-mm. this path but i'm just i'm just saying i'm just wondering a lot because again i think of empire uh you know when Dagobahs, luke's flying away and that boy was their only hope well, there is another um it's he clearly knows of leia's existence at this point so i don't, I don't want to shortchange leia but uh, even even looking at some of the not even necessarily the rise of skywalker beat which was more about uh, kylo or ben and uh, ben solo and her training being uh changing the path of her training but even in the bloodlines uh, novel some of those novels of of leia just kind of realizing she had more value elsewhere i I never wanted Mm -hmm. that to diminish leia as a jedi or as a uh, second part of this because this this shows definitely i mean bale has absolutely said it she's just as important as he is I, i i like this idea you're talking about i'm just it's more of wondering aloud of 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 you have one side is the boys like anakin and then like Padme and and if and if Obi-Wan's thinking, man, if Padme had stayed alive, a lot might be different. Not just mm-hmm. for Anakin, but for the state of the galaxy, the government in our fight. So I it's food for thought
3: more than anything. Yeah, I only ever mean it as a a compliment to Leia and yeah. that we have these moments in canon where Leia has the agency where she chooses, uh, I am not yeah. gonna follow the Jedi path. I think I am better suited for this other path. Mm-hmm. And that it would be interesting to me if if Obi-Wan perceives Uh, what her choice is going to be.
6: Yeah, 100%. Yeah, no, absolutely.
3: Yeah. Uh, So then from there, there's a couple of little fun things. Uh, The subtitles uh, label one of the troopers that capture Obi-Wan and Leia as a female voice. Uh, We have read about in a lot of uh, published stuff, uh, women stormtroopers. That was great to actually hear it in this episode. Um, Any thoughts on that?
6: Uh, Yeah, yes. Uh, The First Order does such a good job of that. I almost took it for granted. (laughs) It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I absolutely love that.
3: Yeah, and then a couple of the little drops, uh, the thing that they are mining on uh, Mapuzo is Vintrium. Uh, That, I looked up, is from a Clone Wars online massive multiplayer game that ran from 2010 to
6: 2014.
3: (laughs) And the next planet on the Rescue the Jedi stop that they're trying to get to, Jabim, is a planet that was from the EU uh, established it looks like in Republic comics used a bunch of places and then uh, used in modern Canon in one of those Star Wars adventures comic book runs. Uh, I bring those up partially because I, I'm really uh, interested in the credits that you know say Pablo Hidalgo is uh, the uh, the lore master right and uh, I think he does have an instinct to hey if it, if, if it's just a little detail and, it, and it's not narratively substantive, mm. I'm gonna go for deep dives.
6: Yeah. (laughs) For
3: fun and to make people feel included.
6: Yeah. No, it works out. Yeah. He's doing some good lore advising indeed there. Yeah.
3: All right. Any other canon stuff for you?
6: Oh man, yeah. Okay. Yes, I have a couple. Um just just the, the it's it's uh, not so much the canon connection but this canon canon revelation of this this path um and and all roads leading to Jabim on this path at least from here on out. I just love that. I love that room, the wood, the organic you and I talked about that in the mm-hmm. trailer even. Um mm-hmm. and how it's behind all this uh, this droid repair centers this cabin. <laughs> cabin in the woods, underneath there. Mm-hmm. Really love that. That worked for me. Um, I love seeing um, Leia's this firsthand exposure to to the a world being stripped by the Empire, and uh, mm. especially when you go read uh, Leia Princess of Alderaan and how that kind of becomes one of her missions and 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 realizing that that's not a good thing and using her position to help others and help these worlds so it works on a lot of the big thematic stuff you know I were talking about connections and the oppression of the empire but for leia to be like why well, I, well, I thought the empire was supposed to help your dad is and his, your dad's using position power and, and your mom as well and and you will too and here's what the actual result is of those false words from the empire i like that a lot
3: Yeah, I thought just sort of lore and canon wise, it lined up really well with Leia, Princess of Alderaan, where, Mm -hmm. you know, Bale and Breha are trying to guide her toward leadership of Alderaan, guide her to being in the Senate and to make a difference as much as it's possible in Palpatine's empire and trying to keep her at arm's length from the actual rebellion. Yeah. Uh, So I love that it lined up of like they're teaching her all these valuable things and they're telling her, hey, a little bit like Luke told Obi-Wan a half-truth, they're telling her. Uh, arguably a half truth of like the empire is supposed to help people mm-hmm. doesn't always work so your dad's working really hard in the senate yeah <laughs> to make sure the empire does what it's supposed to be doing uh and now she is getting to see firsthand it's not you yeah. know yes it, it, and that's just going to fuel the way that we meet her in Leia Princess of Alderaan like I know that things aren't right and I want to do something about it let me in parents yeah yeah love that it. Yeah, absolutely great. And great, great to see the Jedi symbol etched in wood. I absolutely adore that. Mm-hmm. Totally. Uh, all right, let's move on then to some action. There was a little bit of action in this episode. Uh, what were some favorite action moments from you?
6: Uh, you know, I'll start with this. Uh, getting back to, uh, you know, Fortress Inquisitorius there, uh, whatever officially it's called, I forget. There's a lot of you in that title. Uh, Riva Power Walking great music, great villain stroll. Look, here's the thing. We all at one point in our lives want to walk into a room like a badass with a cape. (laughs) who People fear (laughs) and respect. All right. Deep down. Maybe you don't always live in that spot, but sometimes you want to stroll across the command deck like Vader and have everyone in the data pit look up at you with a little bit of fear. All right. And I just thought that she owned it. The music was great. Natalie Holt uh, doing a great job there. So it was one of my favorite little action moments a
3: power walk. Yeah, yeah, no, I really, really liked that uh, power walk. And it was great to be able to see the fortress uh, as well, uh, touring uh, through her perspective. Um, I think for me, one of the first uh, big action moments was that great point of view from the probe droid of Obi-Wan slowly raising his head Um. and that tension of like shoot it shoot it Obi-Wan <laughs> and only when it locks confirmation uh, you know yeah. the, the great point of view shot of of blowing it away and the transmission ends uh, it's a great bit of action but it's it also just had that like you know and, and a hero shall shall return a hero shall rise it's not that triumphant but it is like yeah. Obi-Wan uh, he's trying to stop it from happening but it is Obi-Wan showing his face to Vader showing his face to the galaxy you know the confirmation yeah. that he's alive yeah, absolutely. He's getting there. Yeah, so I really love that one. Uh, also in that fight, yeah, this is just some classic uh, nasty action in Star Wars. Uh, I always love troopers being shot and falling from high places. It wasn't that high that that uh, trooper fell, so it wasn't going to be that thrilling until <laughs> the trooper was bisected by lasers. <laughs>
6: Serving up a good old slice of stormtrooper, Yes. One, I'm not here to celebrate the brutality, but it was wonderfully brutal.
3: No, and this is what we always talk about. is like we want we to talk about the meaning of the violence, but then we also want to just say, yeah, but it is an action-adventure show, and this yeah. is a part of it, you know, uh, and just thrill to the little moments. And, you know, with Star Wars, you know, blaster fights can risk getting repetitive, you know, mm-hmm. and those little action moments, those little choices – uh, make it feel fresh and alive again and yeah. <laughs> i don't know i just feel so alive when i see a trooper bisected by a laser gate i
6: don't know what it is <laughs> i know what you mean i had one yeah. of those do moments when it happened
3: yeah uh other moments for you
6: just look kenobi using this blaster which you know was from a little bit of a, a beat from the trailer right um mm-hmm. but it was just it was just you talk about the, this Bushel of emotions that's going through this entire episode. It was it was both pr- proactive and 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 fearful and messy. Uh, it, it was dangerous, but it was also noble. It, it was a little bit of the, using it for defense, but it was also kind of flailing. You talk about all the the broken pieces of, of of hope that Kenobi's got to put back together. That's kind of the why of it. But it was just also kind of like he's even last uh, last episode, just like, Hey, he's, he's got a blaster. He's going to fire. He's not going to have a pithy comment about it yet. He's got to do what he's got to <laughs> do. And it's a little messy, but it was it was a good shootout. And uh, I like, you know, like, like you said, that probe droids zeroing in on him and you kind of know it's coming. And even if you're smart enough to remember that shot from the trailer, you're like, Oh, we've got a fight coming, but to actually see Kenobi, um, uh, you know, showing his skills, I actually enjoy it a lot. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And did you like the moment where he, uh, he frees Leia from the trooper? Hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Did it was. Uh,
6: it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
6: Obi Wan shot first.
3: Obi-Wan shot first, nice, nice uh, uh, For me, everything else I have to talk about Is the fight, so are you ready to, to go there?
6: The only thing I'll say A couple action beats, let me just say that, one of them is In the fight, but Indira Varma's turn, her first Shot, I really enjoyed that uh, Yeah, mm. Not unlike uh, even Hux and You know, an off-camera blaster and, and playing with that tension Totally get that, if it's not your favorite Because of that out there, I just like it, I'm a big fan Of hers, and I was totally on this, like She's gonna be a good Imperial, man I like my Imperial officers, we got Alaria Sand and <laughs> in have her be yes an imperial officer but the turn it did catch me by surprise and i love seeing her play this uh, this character so i love that first little bit of action from her
3: yeah i admit i did a little bit of a trailer you know deep drive rewatch and and looked at a little bit closer um, and even on our last episode, I was like, well, maybe it looks like Tatooine. And I went back and looked, like, no, it looks like this must be what Mapuza looks like because there are more hills, there's a little bit of greenery. Yeah. And I looked at that shot of Indira and I looked at the shot of uh Obi Wan flipping the trooper and firing with the you know crash probe mm-hmm. right in the background. I was like, okay, so I was expecting some of this, uh, but it was so great because she's got such that imperial gait mm-hmm. in her walk that I was just like, all right, he's gonna meet that imperial. It just never occurred to me that yeah. she would be uh, in, in Imperial who is secretly a rebel. Yeah. I love that. And what are other, you said you had one other moment. No, no, that, that uh, she, she had some action, uh,
6: moments in, uh, in the fight, but we'll put that mm-hmm. all in. I just like her a uh, little, uh, sniping of the
3: stormtrooper. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, that's absolutely great. Uh, yeah. She had some great blaster acting. Yes, she <laughs> did. Yes, she did. And then really, really choosing her, uh, her target to, to mm-hmm. increase the flames. Um, A part of the reason that I just had to rewatch the last 10, 15 minutes of the episode was um, that might be one of the coolest lightsaber ignitions (laughs) that I have ever seen. Uh, You know, the, the Luke catching uh, his new green blade and igniting in that little look of satisfaction before uh, flying in to rescue his friends. Great, great, great. Uh, We had so many questions. Of mm-hmm. how Obi Wan was going to ignite his blade, a, the the ignition in Twin Suns Rebels episode when he knows that Maul has figured out he's protecting someone, oh, great. Mm-hmm. So, but but then you get to the Clone Wars and there's some like, well, yeah, no, they're they're just igniting every every five seconds. Yeah. Um. So, how is this going to be made to to be a special moment, right? Mm-hmm. I there are two things I loved about the lightsaber ignition. Um. One was just that it was a slightly different physicality right mm-hmm. the way he kind of whipped it forward and it snapped into place like as it was arcing through the air is really different than a lot of the uh, the meaningful ignitions we've seen before where the right. kind of the hilt is held out and the emphasis is on the energy of the the blade triumphantly coming up yeah this was like it swooped into position so it was like a really different physical motion that's going to become a great GIF. uh the next time i hold a, a large cylindrical object i'm gonna do it that <laughs> it's a it's a playground lightsaber ignition with a different like flavor and energy and then i loved that it wasn't entirely triumphant the hero was back it was a uh it it was this mess of emotions that kenobi is in but most of it was fear right mm-hmm. it was i have to ignite this because that blade might be coming from my sec my neck any second and i don't know it was a horror movie it was a a grab any weapon that's nearby <laughs> uh which yeah. i don't mean that because he has a blaster he, he chose the lightsaber on purpose because you know he needed it but it had that sense of desperation not this triumphant the hero has returned and i kind of love that the first ignition came when he's still on steady instead of the like I, I've worked through some of my stuff. I'm centered. I know what I'm doing. Vroom. Yeah, It made it a different kind of ignition that he was in this place of fear and confusion.
6: It's just been these days. That's what we're in right
3: now. Mm. It's just was, been these days. That was a Ben ignition, not an Obi-Wan ignition. <laughs> is that what you're saying?
6: Yeah, because look, there's also, first of all, y- you and I just talking about enforcing here for the last month or so, I've built it up in my brain and in my heart and in my soul of, of is is he going to look at it? Slowly ignited, music swells, and Obi-Wan's there. We might still have that, by the way. And if we do, it will be that much more powerful because of what we got here. A false start where he pulls it out, kind of looks down at it, and is like, nope, nope. Uh, and then what you're talking about, it's a horror movie indeed. Uh, it is done out of desperation. It's it's done out of, uh, you know, not some noble defense. It's uh, just this like, oh, no, what have I done? There's a lot going on. Again, bushel of emotions could also be a subtitle of this episode and <laughs> uh, the part three of Kenobi. So I absolutely end up, lo- I ended up loving it. And I didn't have one of those um, didn't like a moments, but I had a, uh, oh, that's it. Okay. Because we've been wondering. There it is. Okay. I-
3: you know, that's the thing is I loved being surprised by it. Uh, yes. And I think I wouldn't have loved it as much if it wasn't just kind of physically different from some other ignitions. Uh, but that it's like he he's kind of trying to hide and, uh, you know, you cannot run Obi-Wan. And it's almost like he doesn't decide. It's almost just sort of like instinct and fear. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then it immediately followed by those great uh, horror movie shots of him turning, trying to figure out where the attack might come from. And the great sound design of having those, incredibly loud beautiful lightsaber whooshes like it was mm-hmm, mm-hmm. classic like let's really pump the volume on that uh to show that he's spinning that he's not sure where the attack is coming from uh, there's yeah. just so much about it that was not just the heroic ignition that made me really really like it
6: yeah look i mean we got a lot of some character growth right <laughs> we're halfway yeah. through and and i think um I think going in, I, this is again. Well, I'm glad I'm not writing my own fan fiction here. I would have been like, he ignites it nobly. No, I love, I love this choice, and and I don't know. I haven't been out there in the wilds of of Twitter, and, and will probably not be for for a little bit on this episode. I just want to live in the joy of this one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know how this moment was taken overall, and igniting it is big. It should be big. Uh, that we wanted this, um, and I, I think this will make whatever comes later bigger because this one was so
3: uh, clear to what you're describing,
6: D. I guess I better do it now.
3: Yeah. I also just think like you know it's it's been uh, it was really well done to me that there were these little moments of Obi-Wan kind of awakening and hope. He he's in danger throughout the entire episode, but the planet even though it's ravaged is, you know, natural and beautiful and light and then Vader comes at twilight. Yes, yes. <laughs> and yes. now it's dark and he's so illuminated by the blue glow of that blade, you know, yeah. that made it extra cool to me and I really agree with you I think that we're going to get another ignition moment that is uh, I think we'll get many but I think that we will get that moment where I am centered I know what I have to do and you know I think they're the way Deborah Chow is shooting this is very mindful to make these kind of moments fresh
6: yeah absolutely Uh, this is the Ben moment we'll get the Obi-Wan moment a little bit later on
3: yeah. So a bunch of great moments in this fight. Uh, I'm curious where you went to with it, uh, if you had some ups and downs, because it sounds like you were maybe wrestling with something about the fight. Where do you go? I, I Actually, the only thing I
6: was wrestling with might have been the oh, I bet this is going to be a talking point, um, which mm. is hard sometimes. It's just the reality of not just where we live in as Star Wars podcasters, but as Star Wars fans who exist and exist online. You can sometimes um, see things that you're like, oh, I wonder if Uh, 10,000 people are going to say this. And (laughs) I think a lot of the reveal him walking in, I love, by the way, the employee evaluation meeting he has with Reva. What do you want to do here in this company? Where do you see yourself? uh, (laughs) There's that. And even it was just seeing him sit and then stand. It was, it was, it was was all fun. It was fun to see. I said up top, it was surreal. So I had this kind of surreal vibe of like, Oh, Oh, then oh, we're actually going to do this when he walks into the town and all that kind of stuff. Um, but this is a TV show and it's shot a little different way. And some of it's on the volume. Some of it might be mixed in the locations. We don't know. We'll see in the Disney gallery. And so, I don't know, sometimes I have the feeling of, is this as, ep- as epic as everyone wanted it to be? And I think for me, it really was. And I like the location. I like that it isn't some hallway or some uh, high up walkway with no railings or a Star Destroyer. It's on this, um, in this area that the Empire is stripping of, of, of all it's worth.
3: Mm hmm.
6: And there's something powerful about that for me. But, you know, look, I'm someone who in the, the two and all vi- vi- village and, and Force Awakens still to me, I look at it and go, Ah, you know, I can tell that's a set or something like that, which surprise, yeah. Jakku's not a real planet. Um, but <laughs> without a doubt, you sometimes have those moments. So there's part of me that that just probably knows this won't work for everybody. But I had to kind of work through that and put that aside and go, this is working for me. I don't want that other doubt to seep into what I'm getting because this was, this was a huge, huge moment for me as a Star Wars fan personally.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think the only distraction I had and the only question of is this going to be a talking point is, you know, uh, is Vader's height correct, you know? Um, right. and for me, like if, if Vader, you know, they're mostly, I think, shooting him from an upward angle to, to kind of mm-hmm. address that. Mm-hmm. i had already seen people talking online before this episode of like, how are they going to handle that? Are they going to get Hayden up on stilts? Right. You know, um, for me, I understand if that's a distraction, uh, for anybody. So absolutely no judgment. I'll only speak for myself. For me, I just, it just doesn't bother me because I'm so invested in the ideas and the meaning and, This is, I loved that this was a Vader horror movie, right? This is somebody who is in pain, who wants to inflict pain and is, you know, marching forward in this sort of monstrous can't be stopped way. You know, the fact that, you know, you you could have had a a scene where he slowly tortures one person is in his shouting out, you know, Obi-Wan, will you come save this person? But the fact that he's like, he pauses briefly, but he's, you know, mostly just marching dragging that person behind Mm -hmm. them just absolutely terrifying and then stalking obi-wan in this yeah this decimated you know place that just you know nothing to hide behind but but piles of you know ravaged churned up earth uh Mm -hmm. all of that worked for me and once the blades were actually ignited uh we had a couple questions about this of like well how is this going to work because their fight is slower and tentative and they're testing each other in a new hope and this Mm -hmm. just you know incredibly athletic spinning flipping vital fight in revenge of the sith and i had said that i want what i wanted is power not speed Mm -hmm. and i i so maybe i have a bias because i got what i wanted (laughs) (laughs) uh and the and i feel like this is one of their first confrontations of at least two perhaps more um but that it was just this is Vader's fighting style is to overpower you, right? Yeah. And I think like my favorite moment was when they were had had those moments where we were kind of trying to spin blades and it would look like, you know, they Kenobi mm-hmm. was trying to prevent him from doing the like the flip it out of your hand move. Yeah. <laughs> uh but in particular, when he's got uh Obi-Wan down and he's just hammering on the blade, just wailing on it, right? Mm-hmm. It's just it's just power and anger and battery, and it makes it so scary. It connects to when Luke gives in and does the same thing to Vader yeah. on, uh, in the Emperor's Throne Room in Return of the Jedi. Uh, I l- that might have been one of my favorite moments the actual lightsaber fight is just Vader hammering on Obi-Wan's blade. You know, power, not speed, anger.
6: Yeah, uh, yeah I, I put down this note of I think the fight was consistent um, so far with, with two different eras we've seen them in and mm-hmm. uh and we'll see where they get bef- before there's already been some quotes out there of, of the style of fighting we'll see but what we've seen before i absolutely agree with your take on it. its power i think it's a little bit of uh you know what we see in a new hope uh both of them getting a little older doing the little different things with their skills and i still see flashes of what we saw in sith um so i think that's there i'm with you on that there and overall just my overall view on the fight, we we get back into more of the details, I just want to say it's like what you're describing, him walking through the village, indiscriminately hurting and killing people. Uh Reeve even having a reaction to that. It's so consistent with what we see of this man uh, marching through, showing all of his power, whether it's a hallway on a Star Destroyer, whether it's Hoth base, always oh, the most intimidating badass in the galaxy and he never gets what he wants. He never mm. all that power everything he wants and this 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 whole fight kind of ends with that and i think there's some why and there's some reason behind it uh as he watches him get pulled away but that's i just kind of overall really love what was going on here for vader in this scene
3: yeah yeah and i want to get back to the end of it but i just wanted to share the other moment that i think yeah maybe fans would like uh and i definitely had a i have shared before i watch these at midnight when my wife has already gone to sleep so i try to scream quietly <laughs> uh and I think I might've failed uh, that great moment where like Obi-Wan is igniting the blade. He's getting ready for Vader to come again. He's, he's weak. He doesn't know how he's going to get out of this. Uh, and then looks, cause he senses Vader's going to knock something over. And when he first knocked over whatever those minerals were, I was like, Oh, is he going to just drag him through those and cut him? Uh, <laughs> so when he bends down, and with the touch of a blade, lights up those minerals. It's this great weird space fantasy moment of you don't know what those minerals are or how they mm. chemically react with a laser sword. Who cares? It's cool. <laughs> and the, and of course, the like, oh, oh, this is how laser focused he is on what he wants out of Kenobi. Yeah, is to put him through the exact pain that Vader Anakin went through. Uh, such an amazing. Oh crap! Moment when he ignites the the minerals.
6: Yeah, I I, I had a moment of uh, I think I overlooked. You know, again, the first time you're watching it, he he knocks something over. I thought, was well, he going to toss it at him like it's Luke and Bestman? going to hit him with the um, you know pa- uh, you know cases or whatever. And so when he's leaning down, I'm like, what is he? Do-? Oh, like one of those kind of reactions. Uh, so it was uh, that that from that point of view, I guess I would say it was very effective for me.
3: Yeah. And I just like that. He assessed Obi-Wan. Uh, he shared his assessment <laughs> Yeah, that the years have made Obi-Wan weak and he's just so in control to be like, I am going to, you know, set up the scene.
1: <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> Obi-Wan is such a non-threat to me right now. I can slowly set the stage for uh, my little drama uh, and pull but- him into the flames, which is visceral.
6: Yeah, I, I, I got to think the part the part that is Vader has been sitting around for these last 10 years, a la Cersei Lannister dreaming up of ways to kill her enemies, just sitting around going, what if I was like, okay, what if I get him in the water? Okay, what if I get, oh, you know what I'd like to do? I'd like to burn him. Uh, there's that part of Vader that's not uh, not done thinking about that, you know?
3: Yeah, this is a part of Anakin that can be very, very direct. Uh, no yeah. nuance. No, no. <laughs> and make you feel what I felt. Yeah, so then uh, he... Uh, Vader releases um, Obi Wan with with a force push. He's burned him mm-hmm. a little bit, and he's gonna he's gonna take him back and and torture him yeah. uh, slowly to his delight, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have Tala coming in with the with the save, uh, igniting even bigger flames. We hear uh, if you watch the subtitles, the stormtroopers are saying like, "I can't see," <laughs> mm-hmm. and things like that. So the stormtroopers are taken care of. But yeah, it really doesn't bite after everything we've just seen from Vader. He can't put both hands out and and wash those flames away, he can't just reach out and crush, uh, you know, Ned B's head. Um, yeah. Did you feel that then? It sounds like from some of the songs you've been saying that you felt like Vader's letting him go for now.
6: Yes, I, I think I think so. This is my interpretation. Uh, this is not a Wikipedia checklist at all, uh, and and it, the story's not done. And I'm not expecting next episode. Vader, you know, f- fires up the old Palpatine hotline and says, "Yeah, I couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. I saw him there and had a you know little pang in my heart." But I think there's that bushel of emotions you and I keep talking about. I'm not sure why uh, he let him go. Um, but here's what I like about it: Th- this fight. And this rematch and any that's to come, it, we've talked about it here before. It, it's just so clearly more than a physical confrontation, a physical domination, a fight to the finish. It is so about their relationship. It's so about their shared history. It's so about the blame game and the shame game. And this, again, this is a new topic to us here. But to see it mm-hmm. right there, it drove drove it home for me. To The reflection of the flames in his eyes, mm-hmm. other than just, you know, hey, maybe by the way, he doesn't want to walk through fire again. <laughs> maybe he's like. There's a little bit of that. Hey, ouch, babe. Don't want to do that again. Um, <laughs> and and maybe there's that. And then and then and then maybe there's just like who knows what's going on inside him. We can't see that. We can only uh, you know actions are louder than words. And that's a that's a big action right there for him to go. I don't know what that just did to me. That that that's that that felt good, but it didn't heal. And I, I, uh, and just that. That's that's my official analysis. Vader went ah.
3: <laughs> uh i i like that analysis very very much let's put that on wikipedia uh mm-hmm. vader was clearly feeling ah, <laughs> uh a link to no source yeah. um i think there are two things one for me there was just the strange nerd delight of feeling like um i am seeing in a live action star wars show a shot of darth vader that is basically the entire marketing machine for revenge of the sith <laughs> yes <laughs> every action figure, every napkin, right, was Vader and Flames. Vader in the armor, right? Yeah. And I think it is, it is one of the things that made people think, like, we're going to see Vader in action a little bit more. Obviously, we saw both of those things. We saw mm-hmm. Anakin in flames, and we saw the armor, but not together. So to yeah. see that shot of, of Vader with the flames dancing in his eyes is like, that's yeah, <laughs> that's the image I've been living with since 2005. I just bought action figures that have that marketing on it, you know? Yeah. Uh, so that was just a great nerd moment and image moment um but this is totally we'll see how the episodes played out because maybe it is meant to be that you know vader has this moment of not wanting to to cross the flames what i felt in that moment was vader doesn't want the hunt to be done
6: Mm
3: -hmm. because he's he's pining for some satisfaction and i don't think you it was like this moment of empathy of like oh i I pulled him into the flames and it uh i didn't get any satisfaction from it i think it's almost more like if i follow this all the way through right around the door will be the realization that it doesn't fix anything Right, right and so i i i can kind of let him go knowing I can prove myself by tracking him down again and I can relive this moment of catching him again and beginning the pain again. And I can, uh, since I'm in this just horrible cycle of anger where I have nothing to live for but vengeance, how can I just recreate the moment of vengeance and stay in that moment for as long as possible because it's all I have. And I don't think it's even him being like, I am thinking this and this is a logical thought. I think it's that emotional. Like, right. I, I want to stay in that moment of vengeance. And if if, if I let puny, pathetic, uh, week old Kenobi run I'll find him again in 10 minutes and I'll get to relive this and I'll stay in that moment I I I, I like
6: this idea I like this idea of uh you know what happens if I solve my problems then I, I only got it I only the only thing I have left is me you got to deal with me I don't want to do that <laughs> no, I don't do that but- and and, and to your point and I think what you you and I both keep kind of hinting on or, or, or just kind of saying and hinting around there is just that, you know this is incomplete it's an incomplete beat, and we have three more episodes. Right, it's not the end of the story here, and I don't hundred. I personally don't hundred percent know why he didn't. I hope we're going to find out.
3: Yeah, I, you know what? I one hundred percent agree with that, and I think this show is being really satisfying in having moments of ambiguity for us to think and talk and wonder, and that is a part of the fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's really fun to to wonder about the emotional canon, you know, not yeah. necessarily the uh who is Ray, who is Snoke, not those kind of concrete questions, but those emotional canon questions of why did Vader do that? It's really yeah. fun. Uh, probably shouldn't move on from Vader without having a conversation about his amazing voice. Yeah. Um uh I was incredibly pleasantly surprised that it sounds as as awesome as it does, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um I think uh, either they have developed some amazing technology for de-aging since Vader's appearance in Rogue One, or I think there is the possibility that they are using the same AI technology that they have used for Luke's voice in The Mandalorian Book of Boba Fett uh, to compile these Vader lines. But it sounds great, uh, regardless of how they achieved it. What were your thoughts?
6: Yeah, I had the same thought. There was a couple even, um, I'm not trying to make me sound like I'm smart and I figured out or anything because it could not be this way. But I, there was a couple beats or a, a use of the word Obi-Wan. I was like, I think I've heard that in Jedi before. <laughs> like, you know, Obi-Wan once thought of it you, as you did, like some of the same vibes. So I, I think that will be revealed. It just makes some sense Um, that would work. And yeah, and if uh, they did happen to find a way to uh, de-age the great James Earl Jones uh, voice a little bit, I would like that program now. I'll pay a lot for an Apple add-on. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. Uh, but it it sounded good to you?
6: I really loved it. And, I, you know, I'm not going to say I was concerned. I was wondering how they were going to do it. Love Rogue One. Love that James Earl Jones is the credited uh, voice actor there. I think others like what's his name, Scott Lawrence does a great job. There's a lot of wonderful Vader's out there. Just means something. I know, you know, we're Star Wars fans. Mm-hmm. We're a little prickly at times. It means something to know that James Earl Jones is doing it. So uh, I think it sounds great.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And I think just some some great uh, Vader lines and, and if they use the AI technology, I think they, they um, selected some great delivery. Uh, the third sister and mm. I am what you made me. Mm. Uh, all great, great stuff. And, you know, if they are using that technology, you know, they've got a lot to work with with the amount of James Earl Jones <laughs> yes. uh, uh, voice work in acting performances. And they, I think, the, the rasp and the echo of Vader's mm-hmm. voice, I think it probably uh, helps a, a ton as well. Yep. And I look forward to the Disney gallery behind the scenes to find out <laughs> how the magic was achieved. Stay tuned. Uh, should we talk about moments of comedy in whimsy uh, in this episode? Absolutely. Where do you, I only have a few because this was yeah. a little bit more of a, a bittersweet and a heartfelt and a scary <laughs> episode. Not mm-hmm. as much of a of a, a wacky laugh-em-up episode, but where'd you go? No,
6: and we should because this series has been wonderfully funny and whimsical uh, all the way through for a series of a about a broken man in the desert, so I've been pleasantly surprised. Um, I love all the stuff with, uh, with Leia after being told, uh, you know, he you don't talk. Okay, I can't talk or I don't like to talk. You don't like to talk. I love that, but then her immediately just running in and 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 giving Freck the whole spiel and then I like Freck going, that's a weird story, but I love <laughs> I love her say, "Father, aren't you going to say hello <laughs> after being told you don't talk?" Just <laughs> classic Lloyd for me.
3: Yeah, I think those were the the two main beats for me as a uh, grumpy Obi-Wan uh, as they're walking. Now, remember, if anyone asks, we're farmers from Tall. you're my daughter, and you don't talk. Yeah. <laughs> I love Obi-Wan fighting a pointless battle. Like, you get where he's coming from, of like, you know, d- d- don't improvise. Uh, you yeah. know, you're only going to get us in trouble. And uh, it's a pointless battle because uh, Leia ends up helping him uh, mm. cover his, uh, his flub and also, like, Obi-Wan sees so much of Padme in her, so much of Anakin uh, Mm -hmm. in her, like Obi-Wan, come on, man. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What, what in your entire experience uh, with this family thinks that she's going to not talk? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Makes it really funny. And then, yeah, I I really liked Freck. I liked the big weird uh, cartoon voice and I really liked the, Oh, we got lost in a field. That's a weird story. (laughs) Um, but I, I liked his whole, you know, down to earth mining vibe, you know, and like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just kind of a truck driver. And, you know, I think these Imperials are great guys who keep the order. I, all of it was fun and funny. Yeah. Uh,
6: absolutely. All her beats. Uh, uh her Leia going, Absolutely, we love the Empire. Just <laughs> kills me. Kills me.
3: Yeah. Uh this is not a moment of comedy, uh, but uh maybe whimsy, uh, mm. maybe heartfelt whimsy. I did really like Ben fixing Lola and I wanted to be sure to highlight
6: that. Same. I just really love that. And yes, you could bring in Kenobi's uh sometimes uh, troublesome relationship with droids, but just what it meant. Uh I really love that.
3: Yeah. And final moment of comedy for me, it, it's got meaning and depth, but I I do like uh when uh, Tala is strapping on the blaster and explaining that she keeps it on the opposite hip for a fast draw and Leia's just like, can you teach me how to shoot? Yeah.
6: <laughs> no, look, there's so many wonderful building blocks for Leia and I'm so on board for this and and I know others might not be, others are uh, generally happy, whatever. I, I I just, I'm so on board for this and even Leia meeting the loader droid, Ned B, and just being like hi, this is my droid and this and that and the way she treats everybody, it's it's just uh, again, a, a consistent, but I just say the building blocks of what's to come and, and it, it works really well. And and I think often all- often of Padme, who was in, uh, you know, uh, local government of so young and then um, gets uh, elected so young. Like it just it just tracks truly her mother's daughter in a lot
3: of ways. Yeah. What if he wants to say something? Yeah. <laughs> what if he has yeah. something to say? It's so good. So good. Yeah. Uh, all right. Is there anything uh, that you wanted to address that you weren't sure about or didn't like?
6: No, the biggest one is I I, I just, uh, I understand, uh, you know, these shows are, so, are shot in a different way. I cannot wait for Andor, which seems to be shot in a maybe more practical way and a bigger scope. And uh, if there's any of the conversation, I don't even know if there's a ton of that conversation out there uh, and I aim not to find out, but I had those those reactions too. I've had that reaction since Mando won um, uh, the volume. You and I were having a great conversation with Alex Backus on the floor of the convention, uh, just about, you know, just the shooting and, set up the shots and foreground backgrounds and how they're learning to use the volume bigger and, 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 and better every time I can understand the Vader fight. I love where it was set It set. Uh, it might seem small. I just think there's so much at play in it. I just, so I just want to put that out there and continue to try to address it. If that's any kind of uh, obstacle for anyone, uh, I understand, but, uh, look for the, the why of the fight and you might uh, get more out of it.
3: Yeah, I would also say for a little mini Star Wars counseling about the Obi-Wan-Vader fight, this is just the beginning, to yeah. quote Count Dooku. I, I was happy that it wasn't this massive-scale fight because it is them both testing each other's Vader vengeance, but Obi-Wan just trying to survive and, and draw him away. It's not Obi-Wan with any goal or, or agency other than to draw him away and survive, yeah. uh, if that. you know. And I feel like since it happened in the third episode... I think it might be, have been a choice to make it cool, really cool, but to play a little bit more of the horror movie angle mm-hmm. and, and a little bit more of the tension and keep the actual fight a little bit smaller because we're building to something much, much bigger.
6: Yeah, uh, 100%. Again, the story is not done
3: Exactly. Yeah, I know. I think you and I have talked about uh, sometimes uh, bemoaning that in original trilogy days and sometimes even in prequel trilogy days that we could safely point out a a moment that we thought was like awkward or unintentionally funny and and enjoy it without people thinking that. (laughs) <laughs> we're yeah. tearing something down. So in the spirit of wanting to reclaim that, wanting to be able to point yeah. out, you know what? You know what, something that made me laugh? And I'm saying that as somebody who loves the show and not as a bullet point to be added to why it's bad or any of this. Um, I loved Vader's castle. I love seeing him in the throne. I love seeing him, you know, have to put on his limbs to take a business call from mm-hmm. Riva. Love it. Uh, that, that image of him looking out at Mustafar and just that kind of, angry strip of glaring red is his office window. That's his corner office. (laughs) Loved all of that. But the shot where he stands up in the throne and for just a moment, dead center is Vader crotch. Made me laugh.
6: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And he stands up like he's uh, like, he he can't turn those hips, hips too well. Loved all that. Yeah. No, I I know
3: what you mean. Yeah. The, the (laughs) half a second of the exact thing I'm being presented on screen is Vader crotch. It made me laugh. And And I'm going to be willing to say that because it is not uh, something I'm adding to the laundry list of why this show is bad. Love this show. I was amused at the Vader crotch. There you go. Is there anything that we haven't touched on that you wanted to uh, – we, we ended up doing an even longer episode covering just one uh, episode than we did last week with the two episodes, but there's so much to talk about in this. Anything that we've left on the floor?
6: Now, once again, once I highlight the, the music of, of Natalie Holt. It's standing out to me, and I'm, I'm, I love – obviously, I love John Williams and Ludwig and everyone who's done uh, music for Star Wars. Kevin Kiner comes to mind, that Bad Batch trailer music I love. I, I just, I'm sometimes someone who just doesn't pick out scores that easily. Like I have to go back in a few times and be like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's right, that's right. I did love that. This is just jumping out to me. I really love uh, and enjoy the work that's being uh, put into this show.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I particularly loved the bittersweet music as they're landing on Mapuzo. We've got the little bit of drums, but we have those really kind of soft choral ooze and those those plaintive, sad strings. So beautiful, and I really do like that that we have. Um, Imperial March-esque music for Vader, but it's yeah. not just the Imperial March dropped in there. So I love that, they're, that he had that for his horrible march down the street, and I love that the music just stopped when he sensed Obi-Wan and turned. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Alright, any predictions or hopes for the next episode that we haven't already discussed?
6: I guess I'm just wondering which direction do they go? Leia taken or Leia rescued? And hmm. what does, uh, if it's if it's Reva, who, who's doing this for promotion, but really we know a lot more, if if this is a big if if she has custody of Leia in any way shape or form what does that do to her does it embolden her her quest for power does it soften her heart anyways I don't know if that's the way they go could also be a rescue makes a lot of sense um, I imagine we're gonna have Leia reunited with Bale at some point and Brea at some point um, I I don't know if they're gonna stretch that out that's my only thoughts it's it's a it's a two uh, corridors and which which path they're gonna go I'm on board to discover which one it is.
3: Yeah, I'm in a very similar place, I think, you know, for the trailer shots. We only have a few left uh, that we haven't seen yet that look like there's some sort of conflict retention uh, at Fortress Inquisitorius on Nur, the water moon torture place. Uh, So I'm interested to see how that uh, all plays into it. I had this exact same thought for Riva, right, that if she does capture Leia, will she see Leia as she has been using her as just a means to an end Mm -hmm. or... If she is alone with Leia for a little while and sees a suffering, traumatized child, you know, mm-hmm. especially if people are reading her reaction to that uh, horrific Vader next app correctly, of yeah. is that going to draw something out as Riva? You know, is this mm-hmm. maybe where Riva is going to tell Leia what happened to her? Um, yeah, that that kind of thing. I, I think that might be. I don't think it's going to be like Leia's going to say a few magic words and Riva's uh, right. going to just turn around. But it might be the beginning of of Riva being on this mission for vengeance. But if she's on a mission for vengeance, because she thinks the Jedi failed children, how is she going to feel about grabbing this suffering, traumatized child and Leia?
6: Yeah. uh, Yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't have a direction I want them to go. As I said, I'm open to it, but that one seems to be uh, potentially powerful.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And then I agree with you. I think at some point Leia is going to be safe enough that Kenobi can make the choice to turn and confront Vader. I think it's Mm -hmm. going to be on the run for a while now. We left Obi-Wan not in the greatest shape. Um, And and I think all these things are going to pile up that are going to make uh, Obi-Wan want to try to reach out to anakin Uh, i think you know all of this padme talk i think is going to lead towards more of a celebration of the line There's still good in him i think you know being infused with leia's sense of hope the knowledge that other people are out there actively trying to help people and then maybe on top of it all maybe obi-wan learning the truth of what happened to reva is uh, you know a part of what will push him Mm. to make the decision to try to get through to anakin
6: Love that. The idea of uh, hope being built for Anakin or for Kenobi piece by piece.
3: Yeah, exactly. All right. Final fun question. What merch would you want based on these episodes?
6: I I do want a Freck figure that comes with the Garden State soundtrack. I do want that. (laughs) Absolutely. Only little Uh, boy in New York. Come on. That's what I want. You squeeze it and you start singing Shin songs, indeed.
3: Yeah, uh, Freck with just a a huge pile of Garden State DVDs would be absolutely wonderful. I do want a Freck action figure uh, to go with the horrific battle-damaged Anakin I have. I now need a (laughs) battle-damaged Obi-Wan (laughs) with his poor burned arm. And then the final thing, this is this is a larger purchase. It's not just an action figure, uh, but I want Vader's grill. I want like a normal grill, but then you have a little Vader figure on the side. When you hit a button, Vader leans down with his saber and ignites <laughs> the charcoal with his blade. I'll be
6: happy if uh, people years from now send me that meme. The, I still get the Death Star uh, fire pit sent to me every two months on Facebook. <laughs> like I haven't seen it every two months for the last uh, few years. But yes,
3: I would I would take that for Vader absolutely just bend down and ignite the charcoal mm-hmm. vader uh all right ken where can people find us hey you're listening to the force center podcast and
6: we are uh found on twitter at Four center pod we're on instagram and youtube as well facebook page is Four center podcast you can get an audiobook on us by going to audible trial.com center and you can get merch at tpublic.com user slash center and, uh, the podcast available in a lot of different spots. Hey, if you're on Apple, listen over there, give us a review. Uh, we'd love to get up over a thousand. I think it's the next big benchmark number for us there. Uh, and, uh, just search and find us on other platforms and you can support us directly, which we appreciate at patreon.com slash center. From there, you get into our discord server where you can d- discuss star Wars with force center friends every day. I'm at uh, Ken or my website, kenapsuck.com Joseph, where can they find you?
3: Yeah, you can find me on all the social media, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw, And you can check out all my other comedy adventures on my website, josephscrimshaw.com. But for now, for myself, for Ken, for the way Ben Kenobi ignited his blade, this has been the Kenobi Report.